but because the United States um, became a completely fiat currency, um, the U.S. dollar did in 1971. I, I think you meant um, Italy as a fiat currency. automobile. That kind of explains why how weak it is. Fix it again, Tony. It <laughs> <laughs> Fix it again, Tony. Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve, along with the other Steve. Uh, hello. And Ryan. Back to did the just, drink. Did you just cock a Nerf gun? <laughs> so, there's a Nerf sniper rifle with the slam bolt. <laughs> I am about to take my neighbor out with some styrofoam. I put little push pins on the end of it with tape. So that when they hit, they sting a little. <laughs> Jesus you, Christ! You, you you also remove the restrictor on it so that uh, you can you can pump it up like farther than safe. I f- <laughs> yeah, they go fifteen <laughs> feet instead of ten. I found out that my neighbor's allergic to boysenberry, and I've been soaking these little scud missiles in boysenberry all day. <laughs> <laughs> these these lawn darts right, so. that I had lying around. <sighs> <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. I gave him a box of masks filled with boysenberry. <laughs> oh, my God. Shout out to Bold City Brewery in Jacksonville, though. 1901 Red Ale is actually pretty good. I got to admit, it's pretty good. 1901 Red Ale. Yeah. Brewed? I've, I think I've seen that before, but I, I, I can't remember. Brewed in Canada, Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, I got Sierra Nevada, hazy little thing. I, I recently got the um, Sweetwater Brewery has a... Um, they make great beer. A, they, make, they make good beer, but they're a little too into the weed thing because I got a you seltzer the, from them. Oh, you mean the hemp thing? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah hemp, hemp yeah. like, weed byproducts or whatever. Yeah, because I mean, all has, the time we talked about doing hemp 420, right? 420 all the time we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> but it, all that hemp but it had, um I was I was drinking it and it was it was it was all right, but I was drinking it. I'm like, wow, like cause it was on clearance at Publix, and I was like, wow, this this tastes a little off. I, yeah. I wonder what it is. And then I looked at the can and said that it was infused with terpenes. Oh, yeah. And, that, and I was like, I was like, yeah, that's definitely the terpenes. It has that sort of like. It's got the hem- it's taste. got the hemp flavor. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. it tastes like hemp because what they do is they brew it with hemp. Yeah, that's yeah. all. Yeah, because I've had a couple of those. There's some other brand that if you like it, you like it. Like I'm a fucking weirdo who likes stale cheese puffs, so I am, you know, not one to make. Oh, you talking about like about when they get taste. soft and chewy? I'm talking about when they get yes. Yeah, fuck yeah, bro. Are you kidding <laughs> dude, me? Ah, uh, oh, dude, you're my bro are now, you serious? man. That's, no dude, one's ever said yes to that, dude. Chewy fucking cheese puffs are the best. Oh, listen, it sounds disgusting. Bro, post COVID, we're gonna post COVID, we're both gonna age uh, a barrel of cheese puffs. <laughs> Get and some, we're gonna, we're gonna meet up and bay. eat that shit. We're gonna some eat that shit in public. Puffs. We're gonna eat that shit in public. <laughs> just shirts that say "Don't worry, we're vaccinated." On while we're just hand fisting <laughs> stale cheese puffs. A giant bin of Old Bay cheese puffs. Yeah. That the Daryl Surratt, year. who I don't mind mentioning, anime king Daryl Surratt, where uh, I think at the end of an Otacon, he had like a one of those big barrels of Old Bay cheese curls or whatever. Yeah, and. Uh, 
or cheese balls, Old Bay cheese balls, which are yeah. better, by the way. Cheese balls are better, in my opinion, in my opinion, because um, you can eat less of them if you're feeling moral. So yeah, he gave us like a whole bin of them, and we took them on the airplane home, and they lasted about a week. I mean, I was crushing like 50, 60 of them a day. <laughs> <laughs> my mouth was like, I literally started oh. to have a fucking Baltimore accent, like just from <laughs> eating them, you know. Hey, hon, go get me a cheese buff. It, it's almost like a Philadelphia <laughs> accent, but it cuts a little bit. Ball more. We got a uh, guy wa- war rice. Speaking, <laughs> you know, of over there balls. down South Philly, you <laughs> Spe- know. Speaking of cheese balls, what do we uh, part two today? Right? Yes, we're, yeah. we're going to finish. We're talk about Steve Harvey. <laughs> yes, <laughs> perennial, perennial presidential candidate Steve Harvey. <laughs> Show me Lyndon LaRoche. <laughs> Yes, we we will actually get to this episode. We'll be um, starting with like Lyndon Larouche when he starts actually running for office. Because before then, he's sort of building up this weird sort of cult that that sort of began as a Marxist organization, like an almost. I, I don't know if they were. Um, they they seemed like they were tied to like Trotskyism, but I don't think they were out and out like Trotskyite. I think that was probably the closest they were. Because he talked about forming another international. These are my friends. They're not really a member of my philosophy. They're just my friends. <laughs> and then uh, he, he starts dropping some hard anti-Semitism, and, and Trotsky's like, whoa, whoa. Hey, listen, listen. I found my keys. I've got to go. I've really got to go this time. Boy, you say uh, a weird thing about the Jews, and I immediately find that I have to go home. I, I got to leave. <laughs> I, oh, 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 what's that? They're, they're deporting me again? I got to go. <laughs> But, but part of the thing, too, was, and, like, I'll, I'll post the clip to the to Facebook. I was going to wait until this episode to post it. But okay. there's an SNL skit. Of, I, I watched uh, it. We get an update with uh, Al Franken, and he's playing Lyndon LaRouche. And he essentially calls, like, every major, like, political figure a, a Satanist, a, a oh, Satanist pedophile and stuff. So he he's, like, he's out there on everyone. And like I said, he sort of couches his anti-Semitism in... Um, saying he's anti-Zionist. Um, and, and we'll also uh, talk about his second wife, who I'm pretty sure is, is it like, we'll, 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 we'll get to her. See, I was um, taught, I no. was taught, to finish what I was saying, I was taught that if you don't like what someone's saying, you turn the radio off. So I'm okay with a Lyndon LaRoche, because he can say whatever he wants. And I know he's an asshole, so I can turn the radio off. I'm more afraid of people that like, you know, like Lindsey Graham or something, you know. Who's clearly an asshole, right? Turn the radio well, off. Exactly, but it's difficult well, the, because he just inserts himself into public news. You know what I mean? But he doesn't well, come the, out and just say it out well, loud well, like Lyndon well, Larouche does. The, yeah. Well, one of the problems with Larouche too is not just the fact that he's like that he's saying these like crazy things. Right. It's it's also the fact that that he that he is a cult leader and that he eventually has like an actual compound. Oh my god! Wait, um, Larouche? So yeah, yeah so. It's, it's starting... actually uh, called the La Quinta. <laughs> it's the La Quinta down on Route One. <laughs> it has a it, it 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 has a very nice waffle maker, like one of those ones that it's you got a, uh, that you turn. It's, it's got, got all a the stale beautiful, bagel flavors. It's got a beautiful indoor pool, but you can't go in there if you're a Zionist. <laughs> yeah, no admittance. In in 1979, um, uh, around the time of um, Sort sort of in in autumn, he he begins um, sort of conducting 
um, a lot of activities um, towards a political action committee called the National Democratic Policy Committee, um, the NDPC. Um, and this is like the political action committee that he'll that he'll use for a lot of his efforts to run um, for president. Now, is this the same political action committee that still exists um, well, with his name? Here's the well. Here's the thing: is that the Democratic Party actually has a, a Democratic uh, National Committee, the the DNC, yeah. and, oh, and and they were mad at this because um, the the name sounds so similar. Okay. So, so he he essentially has um, a, a knockoff version of of the DNC to sort of give like himself the, legitimacy. It's the great value DNC. Yeah, the good a, a Kirkland, the, the good sense well, DNC. So after the last episode, I went and actually like looked this guy up and kind of you know poked around a little bit. But he has a political action committee bearing his name that is still active to this day, and the uh, website. What's it called? Uh, LaRouchePack.com. The website is just as fucking insane as you think it is. Okay. Well, he his his wife uh, I think continues most of the things um, because she um, she's still alive and she's about twenty six twenty seven years younger than him. Okay, because she, she's seventy two. Um, she was born in nineteen forty eight, and Larouche was born in nineteen twenty two. So there's like a twenty six year age difference between them. Okay, but only about a, a five foot difference in hate levels. And, and she she also has an institute in Germany, which we'll talk about the the Schiller Institute. Did you say Schillinger, like the guy from Oz? No, like Kurt no, Schilling? Schiller. Kurt, Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling. <laughs> Kurt Schilling. Hey everyone, I made a video game and uh, go Trump. I I bankrupted the city of Boston. Go Trump. <laughs> hey, he didn't bankrupt Boston. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, like, where did he? Where did like, he start? His, his, like, his, it was New Hampshire. It was, yeah, it was New Hampshire. Hampshire. Okay, and his stupid fucking. Oh yeah, it was know. Rhode Island, yeah. and Ro- Rhode Island actually owns the the video game. Yeah. Um. They the um the city Amalur. does. It's whatever city yeah, and he bankrupted. They get royalties that, from yeah, it. Yeah, owns that bank. Owns the video game now. I want to sit. No, it's not Providence. I I, I mm, It's somewhere in Rhode Island though. Kurt Schilling was a, a really popular, like most of the people in Central Jersey, outside of Trenton, they're Phillies fans mm-hmm. because it's like right down the road, and there's no baseball team in New, in New Jersey, and usually in in Central Jersey and Southern Jersey, you're not really a Yankees fan, yeah, unless no. it's cultural or something. And yeah. most of the Mets fans, like me, we just cry in the corner. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I remember Kurt Schilling growing up and thinking, like, man, yeah, Kurt, he's a he's a class act, classy I used to baseball think he was player. A great guy, especially at the ankle. The, the he's a great the ankle. Oh, the bloody sock. Yeah, he's yeah, the great. Yeah. He's the greatest example of never get to know your heroes. Yeah, yeah. Like milkshake ducks. But uh, apparently, um, they they sold the rights to the game. It, it went to Rhode Island. Oh, really? Because it was it was it was a state level fraud case, so it went to the entire state of Rhode Island. Okay. And THQ Nordic bought it from Rhode Island the rights to the franchise in, in 2018. I'm sure THQ Nordic was like, "Hey, we'll take that from you for you know some just ridiculously absurd low amount of money." And the state was probably just like, "Yeah, sure, take this shit. We don't have anything. We're going to do this. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy, have fun." Would it? It had been out for a while then too, so it wasn't like it was a yeah. it was a hot commodity because yeah. the, the game. It just didn't make any money, right? The the game the game came out in twenty twelve and it was just like man. So, yeah, I've I've heard it's all right. Like yeah, yeah. people said it was decent, but it wasn't like 
It, I, I've heard the thing about it that's really weird is that it was originally supposed to be an MMO, but then they, yes. they made it a single-player game. So it seems kind of empty like an MMO because you don't have other players running around. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Um, so LaRouche starts um, sort of laying out his, um, his sort of like campaign planks. Because um, first off, he runs as a Democrat, um, which the Democratic Party... Um, refuses to sort of uh, recognize him as a as a party member, um, and any time that he actually receives delegates in elections, um, they they won't seat them. Okay. Um, what does that and, mean? And all of his all, all seven of his uh, primary campaigns that he ran was as a Democrat. What does that mean? They won't seat them. Well, it, it essentially says because they don't recognize him as a party member, they won't seat his representatives at the party convention. Oh, okay. Okay. Because remember, he doesn't get out of um, the primaries, so it's still well within the, the party at that time. Got it, got it. Um, so, it's, so it's not like they're saying, like, the, like on a state level, it's just saying as, as like, a, a, a primary. Hmm. Okay. Um, one one thing he wants to do is he wants to return to the Bretton Woods system, which had been abandoned in 1971. I'm sorry, the um, what system? The Bretton Woods system was a system through the IMF um, about having like a gold-based economy and all the countries who were signatories of this agreement keeping their their currencies um, their their valuation of gold within like one percent of each other, but because the United States. Um, became a completely fiat currency. Um, the U.S. dollar did in 1971. I, I think you meant um, Italy as a fiat currency. automobile. That kind of explains why how weak it is. Fix it again, Tony. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Fix it again, Tony. I got a cinquecento oh. and it's on fire. <laughs> But, but he wants there to be fixed exchange rates, and he wants to abolish the IMF. Okay. Um, so, so he's a, so he's got a bit of a gold bug plank. Um, he he also wants to get rid of the the Fed okay. um, and replace it with like an actual national bank. Mm, sounds sketch. Um, sounds sus. Well, I mean, uh, to be frank, the Fed is sketch. Shit's <laughs> 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 mad sketch. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, he he wants um, he he wants to increase the war on drugs, um, which at that point hadn't really been like because it's not the eighties yet, so it had been that strong. So what does he mean so by he, increase? Does he mean like does he mean put more money into the war? Does he mean like harsher well, penalties? Yeah, he 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 means like a like full on like fight drug trafficking and prosecute any banks that are involved in like money laundering. Because that's not what happens with the war on drugs. I mean, most of the time, just a bunch of bunch of like street level people end up doing the most time uh congratulations to drugs for winning the war on drugs <laughs> i know exactly yes. it's hilarious um fucking it, thank what, you thank you dare thank you dare program for showing me which drugs were dangerous <laughs> thank you dare for telling me i could smoke weed without consequence just stay yeah. away from the hard shit <laughs> it just reminds me of that uh dewey cox the movie where he's like yeah. it's not habit forming <laughs> you can't it's overdose Sex is even better. <laughs> you don't want none of this shit, do we? Get out of here, the great Tim Meadows. He wants um he, he wants to build a tunnel under the Bering Strait and connect like a secret um, tunnel? Eurasia 
and in North America with with a train system. So that was sort of that Snowpiercer thing I was talking about, where he just wants like a turbo train that just goes uh, between the continents. My <laughs> wife and I can't get to France. He he wants to increase the amount of nuclear power plants that are in the United States and the world. I agree. Um, he wants he he wants to make a major program to make. Um, particle beam and laser weapons so this guy is um, just like a like a an early elon musk i'm gonna take his i'll take the nuclear out of it nuclear power is clean energy it yeah. just is i got no problem with nuclear energy yeah but everything else it, like he's like a, a even like with the tunnel under the bearing straight like he sounds like an early elon musk idiot well part, part yeah. of this is remember it, elon musk is not intelligent which if we get steve going he's never gonna stop yeah. okay because um, elon musk is just a, a shill behind paypal who bought a company he's not a genius yeah he's just like, a money man the, the the only reason for instance he supported the um the, the gamestop um anti-shorting was because the the company like the uh, Citron Group and I think it was Melvin Capital, the main one yeah. that that recently got boxed out. Mm-hmm. He was short, like Tesla got shorted by them, like when it started, like when Tes, like when Musk took over Tesla. Mm-hmm. So he he's had like a grudge against them for a long time. I thought also, it was because use, Grimes was in the corner, like betting heavily on it, and just kept saying to the moon. No, Grimes was giving like, her kid the fucking Viking haircut in the bathtub when that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, my. My, What's a Viking favorite, haircut? It sounds like a way to kill something. My <laughs> my favorite thing of that recently was Guy died that, of the Viking haircut. That that Grimes said that she was like perfectly fine with like going to Mars if she has to like work for the rest of her life or whatever in, in like indentured servitude doing manual labor. And my first thought was like, lady you're you're banging the guy that's running this program like <laughs> like like if you think that you're going to be the one that's like shoveling shit on mars no, she knows she's that, not going to what she's doing is she's being like oh i'd be cool with it you should be cool with it come be my fucking slave but it, but it has a very like like i'm in a cult vibe like oh my god i don't know enough but, about her to really give her shit but she's she's an idiot i would like, say okay <laughs> i'll leave it on you <laughs> When when she was in her when she was in her when she was in her early twenties, I think I sent you the article. And Dude, that is not. There's no when you send an yeah. article to me, I just should just have my chat like auto respond to you with. There's no guarantee Steve will read this article. <laughs> it, just says, it just says intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> I read. She, I try to. I try to click the links of about eighty percent of them. I'll read the first paragraph and be like, huh. And then just I'm done. She she and another guy, I think it was her boyfriend at the time, they they like bought like a really shitty, like barely usable like houseboat and they were just gonna go what down. Is this the always sunny? <laughs> it's fucking always sunny. <laughs> yeah. And they were gonna go down the Mississippi River, but they they only got like a couple miles before their <laughs> down and it broke and it broke down on like a- actual like national land like like a, i think i don't know if it was a national park but it was some federally owned land and like they they had to be like they had to be like forcibly removed and the boat had to be impounded because they couldn't get it working to to leave oh my oh god, my god. And they didn't have, stupid yeah send me that have, article like, again to survive. please send me that article again that's <laughs> that's fantastic um, Anytime, but, like when Betsy DeVos fell out of her yacht, I was so fucking happy. 
I couldn't buy. I, I was she so like I was a drowned rat walking. And the only the thing that dog. could have made it better is if she got hurt. I don't wish any pain on her, but like if she like broke her fucking pinky or something, you know. Rest like, assured, she was probably sore for the rest of the day. She's she can't live. Lady, she can't take a spill like that and be okay. Yeah. She had like 16 too many Beaujolais Nouveaux and fucking jumped out of the fucking yacht. She was drinking Franzia. She is not... Is, you is, don't think she's going to go up to Beaujolais? I mean, Beaujolais is nah, good, man. Nah, nah, it's man. only she's out white, for a person. Betty DeVos is white trash. Does, does Amway have its own like brand of wine? They probably Yeah, it's probably Amway Beaujolais. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. It's white Zin. Amjolais. Oh, my God. Um, but... Uh, back back to LaRouche and his obsession with like laser weapons. Um, th- this is also in 1979, and you'll oh. remember that during the Reagan administration, um, one of the programs that was used as like a smokescreen against the Soviet Union was the Star Wars system. Um, so, so LaRouche after this will sort of like say like, "Well, I, I thought of this," and and we'll we'll talk about some of these things, but. He he goes on to support what's called the Strategic Defense Initiative, which is the like government body that handles pro- uh, programs like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he'll but he'll try to like take credit for that later on, which we'll we'll, we'll get to. <laughs> um, so in in 1980, during that election, which is Jimmy Carter versus Ronald Reagan, um, <clears throat> he in in December of that year, because um, Reagan had won, um, Larouche makes the claim that Reagan had conspired with the Iranians um, in order to prevent the hostages from being released um, in, in order to, like, help him win against Jimmy Carter. Okay. Um, and and oh, okay. he says the reason why they had done this was because um, the, the Iranians would get future weapons sales from the Reagan administration. Yeah. Um, so while we know this isn't, like, how it went down, um, because remember, they they don't really um, agree to do the arms sales until 1981, when they think you know like if we don't sell them arms, they're going to go to the Soviet Union yeah. for their weapons, yeah. and we can't have that. But so while Larouche is sort of like close to what the truth was, and a little bit beforehand, he'll use this as sort of a way to say you know he was prescient on the matter that like he knew what was going on all along, even though. Largely, what he does for a lot of his career is he just throws shit at the wall, and eventually he's right every once in a while. He's an Alex the thing, Jones. Yeah, yeah. I, I work it, with a guy who's like that. He, uh, we call him. I don't want to get too too personal, but I always call him the dartboard. It's <laughs> basically what he is. He's the dartboard. He he thinks up darts that might fix a computer problem and throws them at a dartboard, and occasionally they hit the center, but most of the time they're a little bit off to the side. You know, mm. so they hit the dartboard a little bit, and they, they kind of work, but he's way off, really, from what the actual problem is. Gotcha. And a lot of times he hits the wall behind the dartboard. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Um, in 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 1983, um, Larouche and his and his wife they relocate to um a, an estate in New York, um, to north to or one, south. Or, or they relocate from New York to an estate that's in. Um, Virginia. Oh, okay. Um, it's a um, a thirteen room mansion um, on a two hundred and fifty acre um, plot of land. God okay. damn. Um, the, so, the, the but property, he's he's an oppressed, right? He's oppressed. Yeah. Yeah. The the property is owned um, by um, it, it's registered to a company in Switzerland. Okay. I'm not surprised. Um, and so, so he has stolen money. And and he continues to like buy property in the area. Um, 
in, in order to like establish um, sort of, generational wealth. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you don't work for the IRS, dog? <laughs> no, it, I'm saying like the most people that that's what generational wealth is is property. And and he does that in order to build a um, a printing plant and an office complex. Okay, this uh, okay. All so right. he's he's essentially just starting uh, a cult area, mm-hmm. um, relocating it, his current cult area. He's, he already has well, a cult, well, right? Well, so neighbors say that the, um, that Larouche's compound is guarded by guards in camouflage clothes carrying semi-automatic weapons, mm-hmm. um, and the Washington Post. Um, also wrote that it had a sandbag buttressed guard post nearby the house, um, along the with uh, spikes in the driveway and concrete barriers on the road. What? Jesus. What? My dog was walking by, got caltrops. He he does this. Um, one of LaRouche's aides is, is quoted as saying that they did this because uh, terrorists were targeting LaRouche and they didn't have any bases of operation in Virginia. Is this like okay. Pablo Escobar's house? Like what? Like Did he like, hire his landscaper for this? Like, what, <laughs> what the fuck? He, 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 he didn't have a hippo. He only had a rhino. Good um, lord. Do you need to like prove that in order to have armed guards? What I'm wondering no. here, what I'm wondering here is like, if I hired armed guards from my property here at my house, would I be okay with that? Like, is that okay? Yeah. Can they shoot? Yeah. Well, what's the, what's well, the law there? Castle That's Doctrine kinda, in Florida and all the other yeah, foolishness. Yeah, I did. Castle Doctrine would be to my benefit, though. But it's kind of... I don't know. That's kind of I'm, an interesting question. Like, he just moves and then sets up a compound and, and puts fucking camouflaged armed guards and, like, barriers yeah. in, in place. Well, if, I would think that some of that is illegal. But I guess not. Well, but also, it's kind of it's kind of the big dick move. Like, what are you gonna do? I'm setting up. What are you gonna do? Well, like, the big I'm dick you, move. I'm showing you no, my firepower, I, Ryan. I think it. I think the big dick move is having no guards. Well, the small no, dick. Dumb move. The that's small dick. No, the small dick move. If we're talking about well, people who measure the world with their dicks, is to set up shop with like 35 guards. You know, because I. I think the problem is that you're thinking at this like from a logical standpoint and not from a cult leader standpoint. <laughs> and, the main, and the main reason why he has these guards is because he's constantly telling all of his followers about how important and like prescient and smart he is, right. and that he has all these enemies, and all these enemies are after the organization. Well, you have to have so the that's why they, they can't be around their families, and that's why they have to have these armed guards, because, you know, it's so dangerous out there. You have to stay in the compound. You know, these guys are the last thing keeping the Libyan drug dealers um, who work for Queen Elizabeth from killing you. Right. It's like an exacerbated form of playing Settlers of Catan, right? You're trying to schedule... (laughs) You're trying to get a trade going with the guy to your left, and you're trying to convince him that the the two on your other side are complete assholes who are out to get everyone. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And... So what what happens is it's like, yeah. um yeah. LaRouche, <laughs> LaRouche says one of the reasons why he did this, like his his reason that he publicly states that he did this was to have a shorter commute to Washington. <laughs> um, it's what? a shorter drive from the compound. <laughs> um but uh former like a former associate of the group said that um it was done to make them more isolated and to take them away. Um, from their friends and family because their original base of operations have been in New York. What year Why is this? don't we? What year is this? 
This is 1983. Oh, man. Oh, this has some serious parallels to, to, right, so. to Jim Jones and the People's Temple. Like, moving yeah. his original base of operations to another area, but this one's very isolated, very don't tell your family where you're at, you're here with right. me, armed guards. Like, this is very People's Temple. Dude, that, that shit's crazy, man. He, he would also, anytime... Um, locals would oppose any of the things that he was doing in the area because this is sort of like like Scientology and Clearwater where they're just buying things up and like um, he he would um, LaRouche's publications would accuse them of you know being like communists or, or homosexuals or, or drug dealers mm-hmm. or, whatever um, pejorative worked for that day yeah these are communist homosexual he, drug dealers over here all right I mean is this 2020 21 what you're talking about <laughs> I feel like if your if your drug dealer is not communist homosexual, then no. I'm just talking know. about every time you if you if you see Fox News, it's everything is communist. Everything is communist and socialist. And I'm just like these words have no sure. meaning anymore. They're they're yeah. You you you've beaten the meaning out of these words. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure you know what they mean anymore. Everything's communist. Everything. <laughs> um, because the the nearest the nearest city where he did most of his his business for his organization was Leesburg. Uh, Virginia. One, one group that he got into fights with was the Leesburg um, Garden Club, um, because they had um, they they had hired a local lawyer to to oppose him on a, on a zoning matter, and um, he uh, and what he did was he he called them um, a nest of Soviet sympathizers, mm-hmm. and he also um, had their lawyer go into hiding. Um, after making threatening phone calls and death threats to him by people who are in the organization. Mm. So okay. in, 19, in 1983, he moved <laughs> and went full psycho. Like he's nuts. He's he's fully insane now. In in 19 in 1984, um, his wife, who who is a German national, um, Helga Zeplerusch, um, founds what's called the Schiller Institute in Germany. Did you say um, Zeph? Like cool. Like Zep. No, Zep. Oh, Zep, okay. Like Zeppelin. Zep, well, Zep, Zep is a slang term. It doesn't actually mean cool. I know it doesn't it, it's mean It's based cool. on, a, on a Zephyr. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah. I'm down with the ant work. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is Zep. And, <laughs> and, and in 1984 as well, um, he also purchases um, 14 TV spots um, that costs three hundred and thirty thousand dollars each. Um, where he calls uh, Walter Mondale, who was the the Democratic presidential candidate in nineteen eighty four, um, he calls him a, a Soviet agent of influence. <sighs> um, and this this causes um, o- over a thousand telephone complaints to networks who who run this ad, uh, which is a continuing trend. And my um, favorite, my favorite part of the Soviet agent thing is that. For 50 years, no, no, 50, 66 years, uh, that was like the calling card of the of the Republican, you know, mm-hmm. just yeah. that they're, they're a communist or they're a Soviet, you know. Yeah. And then an actual Soviet agent, essentially a Soviet plant, is the president of the United States for four years. And then you get them wearing shirts that say, I'd rather be Russian than a Democrat. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? The piss tape is real. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> we can only hope, dude. We can only hope. But in the in the nineteen eighty four presidential election, um, Larouche only receives um, seventy eight thousand seven hundred and seventy three votes. It's good amount. It's good amount. It's college football game. <laughs> hey, that's the um, that's that's the swamp. It's eighty thousand. Um, swamp it, pulls eighty thousand, baby. That's right. It's college football game. <laughs> Nick Saban voted for him. <laughs> 
baby Nick Saban. <laughs> Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> I'm Bear Bryant, and I'm here to vote for Linda LaRoche. Uh, Mr. Bryant, fill out the form. <laughs> I'm Bobby Bowden, and I'm here to say that Linda LaRoche is the man. Steve, you just, made, you just made beer come through my nose. I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm Ed Orgeron, and I'm here to cast my vote for Linda LaRoche. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to vote for Linda LaRoche. Not one bit. I'm down here for LSU Tigers. That's all I'm down here for. Oh, go Tigers. I, Ed Orgeron, I, I would vote for Ed Orgeron for president because no world leader would fuck with that voice. You know what I mean? Imagine he calls you up. I'm going to need you to pull your troops out of southern Latvia right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we're going to send in the LSU Tigers if you don't. <laughs> We're down here in Death Valley. It's about 150 degrees, but we're going to come out here in the second half. We're going to handle business. All right. Joe Burrow, he's, he's got an un- unstoppable <laughs> offense. Coach O's the shit. I love Coach O. I love him. Um, so, LaRouche would... LaRouche La in 1984 would also meet with uh, members of the Reagan administration, different officials. Um, he's, but a, these, he's a these, Democrat. What the fuck's he meeting with uh, Reagan for? Well, remember, he's an opportunist. And this is just like, you know... When he's like selling people out to like the FBI and stuff, that that anyone who will see him, he'll speak to, and he he's, he talks to some of them. Um, they they essentially say um, when this sort of comes out in the media, you know that they that they'll always meet with like any citizen who has like information for them. Um, but they stop meeting with him after it, it becomes known that they had met with him because you know obviously they weren't gaining anything from him, and and he's also a psychopath that they didn't want to be associated with. And also, Reagan was going to forget what the fuck they met about ten minutes well, ago. Well, anyway. uh, I, I met with Lyndon earlier, and uh, well, I got to tell you, Lyndon Johnson. He's, he's a little. Uh, I don't recall his last name. <laughs> okay. And uh, I forget everything he said, but uh, he's certainly spunky. He's got spunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and he'll also come into conflict with the Reagan administration later on. Um, because he was opposed to um, the Contras in in Nicaragua, and um, and it, it came out that he actually had um, that that Oliver North in his files. He had a thing discussing um, gathering information to be used against Larouche because he was you know actively working against their effort to to arm the Contras. That's a true American um, patriot. Because <laughs> uh, Larouche will later Steve, claim. Steve, I don't know if you've ever played court, Contra, but the whole point of Contra was to arm the Contras. Oh, like if you think if you think <laughs> about it, right? Like you spent you start Contra, right? And you immediately get in the game, and you got this piddly little gun, and you're gonna die in two hits. So you need a stronger weapon. So you get the spreads. You know, you shoot the little thing in the air. That's that's Lyndon Roche arming me, or whoever you were talking about five minutes ago. I forget, but that was the whole point of Contra, the video game. Um, but but LaRouche would later claim that this was um, part part of the the inside job uh, when he eventually goes to court in 1987. <laughs> oh my god! About. Jesus Christ! Why did did he did he like? Uh, I hope he went to court in '87 because the Mets won the World Series in '86, <laughs> and uh, and he just shit all over him about it, and you know got sent to jail for it. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Because I can't. I, I'm actually a borderline. Thinking about not being a Mets fan because Steve Cohen deleted his Twitter, and he's the current owner of the Mets, but he's also an owner of one of those hedge funds with GameStop. Oh, wham! Fuck him. I know, right? 
Well, like all all sports team owners are are, are usually like terrible people, it, unless they're like uh, most Steve. Of the current, like basketball team owners. I would say they're probably like good, but like any other sport. Let me give you like, an idea of how much I like the New York Mets. I have a shirt. It's in my drawer right now. Okay, it says you gotta believe in Uncle Steve. <laughs> I got it. I got it when Steve Cohen became the owner of the New York Mets. <laughs> so. God. You know, <laughs> if well, he turns it, it, out to be a hedge fund billionaire, I mean, we already knew he was a hedge fund billionaire, but you know, it's yolo. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yellow. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say it, it could be worse. You could be a Knicks fan, and you could be, you know. Well, Steve, have, let me tell you a little story about what my basketball <laughs> team is. James Dolan. Let me tell you what my basketball team is, Steve. It's the Knicks. <laughs> I'm I'm a Magic fan because I live in Orlando. But I've been a Knicks fan since I was like eight years old. I'm about to say, yeah, but aren't what, you a Magic fan? You live in Orlando. Because I want to well, cry about my teams. So the only team I've ever had that ever won anything is the Steelers. I've been a Steelers well, fan most of my life. Well, Steve, you're like me in the in the Pirates, where like I'm a Pirates fan, but they're such like a terrible team, such like a terrible front office. I'm just like I, I don't watch baseball because I don't want to have that much disappointment in my life. Uh, I was just playing a baseball like coach simulator before we started the podcast. What? That is yeah, that is the biggest nerd shit I've ever heard of my a baseball well, coach simulator. Let me tell you a little something about me, Ryan. <laughs> Fucking nerd. All right. My fucking it's like nerd. Money ball. It's like money ball in fucking video game form. Uh, yes. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> uh, my team name in the game is the New York City Slam Pigs. So <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't. Oh, oh, dude, how did you miss Slam Whales? <laughs> I like Slam Pigs. Slam Whale, and that's a whole different system of measurement. I'm not. Even... <laughs> you gotta. Let's get back to Lyndon LaRue. <laughs> Man, um, this fucking beer strong. Holy shit. Speaking of slam whales. Um, so, a- as I mentioned, LaRouche is obsessed with, like, laser weapons. Um, and-, and reportedly, <laughs> uh, according to a biographer of, of, of LaRouche, um, that-, that LaRouche had been... Jewish um, space lasers. Ha- had been meeting with... Um, the Reagan administration to discuss these uh, things, and that members of his, um, one of his think tanks had also attended a, a Moscow conference on, on laser fusion. Um, wait, wait. And, Gary, keep going. Sorry. And so because they had been, like, talking um, to the government, um, he, he sort of went, like, uh, started meeting also with trying to get the Soviet Union and the United States to collaborate on this. Um, and <laughs> In 1982 and, and 1983, um, both in, in February of those years, um, he actually got approval to meet with a, a Soviet embassy representative to discuss a proposal with them um, sharing um, sharing this technology, but it but it never really came through. Hmm. Okay. Um, because um, in 1983, uh, Reagan announced. Um, uh, this this strategic defense initiative essentially star wars yeah um and the russians like just sort of like um just just backed away from it completely um and it's during this period as well that that soviet economists begin to study um larusha's um economic forecasting model that he developed because remember that that's one of the things that he sells is is in his information like he says you know like the economy is going to do this, and my, my people say that. Yeah. Um, and because he's a consultant, he doesn't have to be, 
you know, 100% right. He's that guy that wears the uh, question mark suit on late night TV, the infomercial. That guy. Well, he's not He's not offering us free government money, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, but you're talking about the crazy guy, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, he, yeah. but he's that guy. He's selling us shit like that. For free! Let me tell oh, you something. Uh, he actually got shut down because he's the one that gave everyone information about how he could... Um, uh, abuse the coronavirus relief funds. <laughs> oh no! Wait, I'm sorry. He didn't. That was just the administration that released the funds. Oh, okay. <laughs> he basically just set up a small business overnight, you know, and just steal money from the U.S. government. It's fucking unbelievable how um, much fucking fraud happened in the last year. Yep. But uh, LaRouche would also begin peddling what he called the LaRouche Teller proposal. Um, there was a, a physicist, um, Edward Teller, had been a proponent of um, the Strategic Defense Initiative and X-ray lasers. Mm-hmm. Um, but e- even though that he had like been in contact with with LaRouche, he had never actually um, he had never actually agreed to anything or, or written up any proposals with LaRouche. <laughs> LaRouche was just attaching his name to it. Uh, <laughs> And, and He's Teller my boyfriend. Described... <laughs> You're my boyfriend, and, Lyndon. And, and Teller, Teller described LaRouche as, quote-unquote, a poorly informed man with fantastic uh, with fantastic conceptions. Right. And by fantastic, he did not mean the modern interpretation, meaning that it's great. He meant it was a fucking fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> um. And, and LaRouche would later go on to say that the Soviet Union collapsed because they hadn't accepted Reagan's offer to share the technology, which, which you know, hadn't been made. Um, and, well, let me ask you this before I forget. When did, Donald, when did Marjorie Taylor Greene meet Linda LaRouche and discuss Jewish <laughs> space lasers? Uh, 1991. <laughs> <laughs> well... Old old Wendy died in 2019. So all right, so like two years ago, she met with. <laughs> oh shit! That's, they, they, there is a greater than zero chance that she did meet with him in 1991. <laughs> well, the odds she, are very she, close to zero, but they're never zero. I've been worried not, about not these to, space lasers. Not to lasers. spoil it, but the, but she might not have met with him in 1991, and we'll we'll talk about that if I, if I have the date right. He was shitting himself having a stroke. I hope. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, I I think he was not accessible to the public during that time. Um, oh, so, okay. But but Donald Donald Rumsfeld, as you know, um, who was Secretary of, of Defense um, and, and also worked in the Reagan administration, uh, he he reportedly wrote in his memoir that, that he had met with a, a Russian general, uh, Yuri uh, Bulyevsky. Of course, his name's um, Yuri because that's Yuri. the best. Again, and, the best Russian name. Yuri. <laughs> Yuri. It, and this was in 2001. He was the second highest ranking officer in the Russian military. Um, and he had said that LaRouche was the was the brains behind the Strategic Defense Initiative. And, and Rumsfeld was very confused about this because he knew LaRouche had no actual influence over this. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he was pretty sure that... Um, that the general had just like got it from the internet or something because of how ridiculous it was. Really? Um, and apparently, this is a common trend as well um, in in Russia, um, due to sort of like Larushite propaganda that they think that he was the person behind um, the Strategic Defense Initiative, which was kind of like a, a fake program. 
So it like I, so they basically they, was he trying to get one over? Because I mean, Rumsfeld's a ghoul, but he never struck me as an idiot. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, because 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 Rumsfeld's just like he's just saying like he went there and he was talking about it, and the general had mentioned like the Strategic Defense Initiative, which Rumsfeld was like involved in, and and the and the general's just like, well, Larouche Larouche was the man who did it. Rumsfeld's like, no, he wasn't. And he was just really confused by the fact that all these Russians think that um, this crazy guy who had no actual influence was the man behind um, the Star Wars program. I fucking love it. He's a grifter. It's a grift the whole way down. Yes, it's it's just it's just 100% grifting, and the Russians just, like, eat it up. Dude, we talk about this all the time. I, I don't know how many times it's come up in this podcast, but if you have no scruples... You can make a lot of money. Oh my god, it's disgusting. It doesn't even matter what industry you get in. Let's say you're motivated and you just don't care who it hurts or what you say. You can make a lot of fucking money. Mm-hmm. In um in, in 1984, um, a, a NBC airs a, a new segment about LaRouche. Um, WNBC. And they also, um, in, in March, they also produce a, a first camera report um, on LaRouche. Okay. Um, and and these reports are based on interviews with former members, um, and that former members had said that um, they, they talked about like how he raises money, how he does fundraising, um, and they also talked about how LaRouche had talked about assassinating uh, Jimmy Carter. Okay the fuck are you gonna kill him for his peanuts are too powerful like what the fuck are you gonna kill him for <laughs> well, well remember he was He's running against bland. him in 1979 so uh, you know you're not gonna win the argument so you you might makes right him yeah so you, I, I guess it, it possibly thought that maybe he could kill um jimmy carter um, and then become the presidential candidate. I don't know I gotta be honest if there's um, a if there's a loving God and I don't believe there is but if there's a loving God Jimmy Carter's immortal. Yeah. Fred Rogers um, sits at the right hand of the father. Just so fuck you know. yes, he does. <laughs> and and the uh, the report said that you know that the the IRS, if they investigated, that they would um, that that they would get an indictment. Um, and they also quoted Erwin um, um, Swall, um, who was um, who's who was director of. Um, the Anti-Defamation League's fa- uh, fact-finding unit, um, and he called LaRouche a quote-unquote small-time Hitler. Jesus. <laughs> well, uh, he's not far off, right? Be- probably because, a good estimate, um, Steve. Because a lot of it, you know, describes it as, as LaRouche being, quote-unquote, the leader of a violence-prone anti-Semitic cult that speared its opponents and sued its critics, which is 100% accurate. Yeah, okay. All right, All there right. we go. I'm on board. Um, so, and the person who produced the, the first camera report was, was Pat Lynch. Um, and so after they broadcast this, um, LaRouche's followers start, um, start picketing the NBC office, some of them carrying signs that say Lynch, Pat Lynch. Oh, my God. Wait, what, wait, Pat Lynch, him and Taco Bob, what did they do? <laughs> did you say Pat Daly? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they also received NBC also received death um, a death threat against her. Oh man, that's uh, all right. So, anyways, um, a, another researcher who worked for NBC 
Um, she said that um, someone had placed flyers around her parents' neighborhood saying that she was running a, a prostitution ring out of her parents' house. WNBC! <laughs> <laughs> Um, And LaRouche would also go back to one of his old tactics, and he would have his members impersonate uh, Lynch um, and her researchers in phone calls. Um, And and they also referred to her, this is a very like Donald Trump move, as quote unquote fat Lynch in in their LaRouche publications. Oh, that's, what a fucking petty, petty little bitch. Yeah, that's not going to get you anywhere. Um... LaRouche would file a, um, a defamation suit against both NBC and the, and the Anti-Defamation League. Um, and he said that they were a, um, a deliberate campaign of defa- um, defamation against him. Also very Trump-like. Um, the, the, judge, um, it, the judge's decision, um, they said that NBC did not need to reveal its sources um, and that LaRouche would not be awarded his damages. Um, NBC would countersue. Um, and the jury awarded the network $3 million in damages. Um, later, this was reduced um, down to uh, $258,459 um, for misuse of, of libel law. Um, but it's considered one of like the, the best, like the, one of the most celebrated countersuits of a libel defendant. Um, LaRouche would sort of dodge paying damages for this. Um, and he would plead um, plead poverty, which the judge said uh, completely lacked credibility. Um, LaRouche tried to claim that he had been unaware since 1973 of like who paid for things such as his uh, rent on his estate, um, his food, his lodging, his clothing, his transportation, bodyguards and lawyers. Um, and the, the judge would fine him um, for, for failing to answer. Um after uh, after the judge would sign an order um, to look into LaRouche's personal finances, um, a cashier's check was delivered um, to the court to end the case. Wow. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, uh, I ran outside for a second, and my wife was yelling, and I thought she was yelling at someone, but it was some cat. So, <laughs> so we're good. We're good. You that would have been the are. second time I had to grab a gun in two days, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't grab my gun this time. I grabbed my gun last night at 2 o'clock in the morning when we heard this. <clears throat> Hold on a second, Steve. <clears throat> I got to prep. I was going to say, you heard somebody clearing their throat at 2 o'clock in the morning? I... No, no. If I heard somebody clearing their throat at 2 o'clock in the morning, I would have fired the gun last night. But I'm, what I'm saying is that <laughs> last <laughs> I picked up my gun because we heard this. Like that. It was like this weird, yelpy bark. Yeah. And then... My wife gets up and she's waiting for me. She's not going outside until I come over there with the gun. So I put the gun in my pocket. I walk over. I don't know what it is. I open the front door. Fox. You ever heard a fucking fox bark? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's more of a yip. It's not even. Yeah, it's like a yip bark. Yeah. 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 Anyway, they, it's, they, very, it's, it's very weird. It's it was like a, warning. It's like a... It was warning yipping. Basically, is what we looked it up on YouTube. Apparently, they do that when they notice other animals, and we have like five feral cats they're all fixed nobody write to us um steve <laughs> they're working cats yeah these are work. Work at i like that and hey, you know no. you know what i like that. that that's what they're called i like that i've never heard that before it, and i'm gonna refer it, to them that from now on 
They're called what? Because you, you, working you live next to a farm, uh, so they are... Yeah, they've definitely killed things. Uh, <laughs> we've definitely seen squirrels and birds and all kinds of shit. Just they bring it up to the door, you know. You guys suck at hunting. Here's a squirrel, you know. <laughs> Look what I brought for you, master. <laughs> um, Give me more catnap. I need to get a fix. <laughs> LaRouche would try to appeal um, this judgment. Um, but the Fourth Circuit of Appeals rejected this argument, um, and they, they set forth a, um, a three-pronged test, which would later be called the LaRouche test, um, to decide when anonymous sources must be named in libel cases. Oh, wait, that's... Oh! Now, I've, okay, I've heard of the LaRouche test before. I didn't know that this was the guy. Okay. What is yeah, the, So the LaRouche test is a test that determines whether or not you anonymous sources have to reveal themselves in a libel yeah, case. Yeah, they have to be revealed in a libel case. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. That's super fucking legitimate. Yeah. So because essentially uh, the the most important thing about Lyndon LaRouche is that he's so crazy and litigious that he's given us all these sort of <laughs> precedences for, for case law that, that can be used. Oh, it happens more than one time? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, in, in 1985... Um, LaRouche begins um, his AIDS initiative, which is called Panic. What? Yeah, that's a good remember, that's a good way to deal with a disease epidemic. Let's call it Panic. Now well, listen here. Now it this this uh this gay disease that's going on around. Oh gonna, my god! We're gonna start a we're gonna start we're gonna start a group called Panic. <laughs> Don't, well, we we'll, don't want we'll, you to panic. The group's name don't, is Panic. We'll, we'll we get to save save it for when we actually detail like what what Larouche believes and and proposes for combating AIDS. Wait, I believe you should uh, pray to the, the grace of the good the, the, the good Lord above. Is it the He's same thing? As, is it the same thing as John McAfee? <laughs> <laughs> Combating COVID. Because <laughs> because originally what happened. <laughs> John McAfee recommends anal sex so you don't get COVID. Yeah, which, which again, um, there, there <laughs> let me is call like... my girlfriend real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her what John uh... McAfee is uh, recommending so that we can stay safe. I am just trying to stay safe in these unprecedented times. Because <laughs> um, remember, uh... I, I don't, I don't know if you remembered and like the bullshit claims of of Lyndon Larouche. That he had claimed in 1973 that like sort of like pandemics would like ravage Africa um, by 1980 and like the rest of the world, um, and he would sort of use AIDS happening to to claim that like that was his like prophecy fulfilled. And he also believed that Queen Elizabeth II was a drug trafficker, and he also thought that the IMF created the AIDS virus. Like he's a fucking psycho. The world is so, the world is so this, complicated, dude. Like you it, just these are the type of people you just want to get like your friends and take them into a fucking corner and just tell them to shut the fuck up until they actually do it. Like if it he, takes days of me yelling at this guy in the face saying shut the fuck up, then that's enough. Whatever is enough to get him to shut the fuck up. But you can't do that, right? Nope. Like you can't well, you do can. that. You can't. Freedom of speech is not freedom from consequences. And no, that's true, but it's also a criminal act to fucking kidnap someone and tell them to shut the fuck up for two months, you know? Well, like basically, you're describing, Steve, is, you're, you're describing deprogramming. What I'm describing is... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, what I'm really describing is, again, I'm using this as a ridiculous example, 
to, to say that Lyndon LaRoche, to me, personally, is the a great example, again, of a failed mental health system in the country. He's a fucking lunatic. He's a psychotic. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say that because he was a psychopath far before Reagan just dismantled mental health protections in this country. Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. He was a lunatic right. far before that. Now, you're absolutely after right. That, after that, he continues unchecked. We can almost directly say thank you, Reagan, because now the ability, the network to actually evaluate these people, get them treatment, and get them help no longer exists and will never exist because of him. Mm. Um, so, yeah. and, and this is this is kind of like a common, like, grifter package that uses, because a, um, a, a man who studied um, LaRouche, Christopher uh, Turney, um, he, he claims that LaRouche follows, for most of his things that he does, follows this pattern. Um, well, first, what he does is he challenges the scientific competence of government experts. Um, then he argues that LaRouche himself has special insights and that his own scientific associates were more competent and better than the government scientists. I, I just want to circle back real quick to something Steve said a minute ago where he said uh, if you if you you know check Twitter for the hashtag Stop the Steal, you'll find a bunch of people that need to be evaluated. Uh, I do just want to counter that by saying that being a, a, a aggressively stupid dipshit is not a mental handicap. Well, the thing about LaRouche is I, I don't think that LaRouche himself, while he is like a megalomaniac, I don't think he actually believes the things that he says. I think he just says them in order to sound like big and important in the same way that Alex Jones does. Because like Alex Jones doesn't really actually believe a lot of the things that he says. I, I think he sort of like played into the character. But Well, he admitted it. Uh, he admitted it in court. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same it's, thing it's as very... Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity. They they literally do not. They, they their lawyers argued that no reasonable person should believe the shit that comes out of these assholes' mouths because they say it specifically to incite people. Right. Yeah, to and get it's, them to do well, dumb shit. And I'm not even well, talking like about the... politics. I'm talking about stuff you can prove. Like yeah, yeah, yeah but it's, it's the same with like because like Jones's stuff isn't always like politics. Like the claims he makes about like coronavirus or or just anything. Um, but he, he does it because he's selling like products. He's selling, you know, those, those like brain force pills or whatever. Um, and like recently he had on a leader of like the Boogaloo movement and he was essentially like trying to make this guy look like a clown and he like schooled him and he essentially called out Alex Jones and said, well, you claim like you want to have like the second American revolution, but all you want to do is like sell, sell t-shirts and Patriots, I'm merge. telling you right now, uh, it is time to get your arms together. It is time to get your neighbors together. <laughs> you need to arm yourselves. You need to stock up, and you need to stock up food. Because it's, let me tell you something, the second Civil War is coming. You're going to spend a lot of time indoors. Okay. You're going to need some vitamin D. And all I'm saying is to survive the second Civil War, you're going to need some of these, these pills I caught called Brain Force that are available at InfoWarsStore.com uh, for $14.95. This for a bottle of six pills for $14.95. Uh, you're going to want to take two of these a day, so you want to stock up for these when the second Civil War comes because you don't want to be calling your pants down. <laughs> so my, so my, I think my point is about what Steve just said is that Linda LaRoche is selling something too. Yeah, instead of selling like brain force pills, he's selling like his reports or whatever, his magazines. See? Exactly. His, his like insights. Yeah. Um so the only thing that LaRouche really gets right. In fact, about the only difference between Lyndon LaRoche 
and Alex Jones is that Alex Jones has admitted in public that he's an idiot who's a character on a TV show. <laughs> I yeah. had too much chili that day, Your Honor, and I couldn't remember my children's names. <laughs> I had a lot of chili that day. I couldn't remember my kids' birthdays or names or my name or the judge's name or my lawyer. Um, also, don't compare me to Lyndon LaRouche. That dude's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> you know, the trilateral troika, I, if we get on Alex Jones, we're going to blow up. That'd be great. <laughs> you just name drop it until somebody picks us up. <laughs> Fucking so. So Larouche, he he says you know that HIV causes AIDS, which is like really the only thing correct he says about it. Dynamite uh, dropping, Monty. <laughs> but because because you have to remember this is also in like the eighties where people didn't really have like any clear ideas of how HIV and AIDS worked, other than that like HIV most likely caused AIDS. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, um, it was the early eighties, right? Yes, okay. this is the early eighties. Because we figured it out um, in the eighties too. So, yeah, yeah, but this is this is eighty five. Okay, um, this is before we so, really had a handle on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he he claims that HIV is spread like a cold, um, and that it can come from <laughs> casual contact with people who have HIV which or was insect a, bites. Which is not. Oh. He wasn't on a uh, he wasn't on a island back then either. About that, a lot of people weren't sure. So well, they were. He, just, uh, it's it's the fear. It's when you see how just devastating the AIDS disease is to your body, and you realize that how easily, like easily transmissible it is if you do the wrong things in the early '80s when you didn't know what was causing it specifically. And it's like again, it's ravaging communities. It's it's, terrifying. It's COVID in uh, in February when they kind of knew what it was, but they were telling you to wash your hands all the time and mm-hmm. stay away, stay 30 feet away from everybody. And then we had to shut everything down. And it was like, oh, well, if we just wear masks, nobody's going to get the fucking infection. And it's like, okay, well, well you know. That's it's, a pretty big fucking if, well, though. Yeah. Well, I would I would say, really, it, it wasn't even like that level because um, a, a lot of the early things with, like, AIDS and HIV – was that it was just stigmatizing the people who had it right. because it was claimed that the only people who had it were drug users or homosexuals. Right. And there was also things like even at like the White House, no, like at Rock, press conference. Rock Hudson does like, not oh, have AIDS. There's there's a quote where a reporter like he asks about it and he's mocked by the by the by Reagan's like press agent asking oh, him that. like, well, well, are you gay? Like I, like I making fun of him. Mm-hmm. Literally and, and, a schoolyard And all the reporters barb. laughed. What was that? Like I said all the reporters laughed. Yeah. Jesus. I specifically remember I remember hearing that interview clip on I want to say Behind the Bastards I think. You know, it's thing on like Reagan and the AIDS epidemic, but yeah, it was it was very like they had a very blasé attitude like, "Oh, it's just killing the, the fucking homosexuals, we don't care." So, LaRouche would advocate that they had to test everybody, anyone who was working in a school, restaurant, um, or healthcare um, facility. And quarantine those who tested positive. Did they have a, a successful test by the time he was saying this? Um, I think you could test people for, for AIDS, but um, I it, it doesn't really matter because he's essentially saying you have to test everybody who's at these facilities and anybody who has it has to be quarantined, has to essentially be imprisoned. Jesus. Um, so a, a lot of his views on AIDS are, are, are very similar to a British... Um, uh, Venereal, uh, yeah, venereological physician named John Seal. Um, okay. And if you've heard that name, that before, sounds John, familiar. John yeah, that sounds familiar. 
he he was the one who proposed um, a conspiracy theory that AIDS had been created in a Soviet laboratory. Oh my oh, god! So Jesus. so you're talking so AIDS is COVID? It's the <sighs> same fucking goddamn bullshit that's going on with COVID. That's just one step above saying somebody fucked a monkey. Like, our listeners it. and you guys are going to get sick of me saying that, but if you draw one more fucking parallel from it, I'm going to have a fucking stroke. Because Casil was very much like the, the anti-vaccine doctor, where some of his papers had gotten published in legitimate journals, and because of that, he was um, his, his like writings were given more credence than they should have been given. He's a he's a fucking venerologist. He studies STDs. He's probably got fucking syphilis brain as it is. You know who I was thinking of? Not him. I was thinking of the guy from um, that co-founded the Black Panther Party. Bobby Seal. Um, Bobby Seal. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you said Seal, that's who that's who I was thinking of. I was like Fred Taylor. No, not Fred Taylor. No, I don't think I know any other Seals except for Seal of Kiss from a Rose Frame. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> if there wasn't copyright law, I would totally make that the intro to this episode. You can. Uh, copyright law only counts after, like, I want to say 10 notes. No. That's not, that's <laughs> I'm not serious. That's not real. I looked that up because it, it, apparently they could still go after you, so I'm not fucking around. Yeah. We're going to continue to use our <laughs> royalty free drumline Patty in the handcar. That's what it's called. Patty in the handcar. Um,. It's about Irish people. I, I got it for you, buddy. I appreciate you. I don't know if it's well, I don't know if it's anti-Irish. God damn it! <laughs> I have no idea. Actually, now I'm it's, just thinking it's about that, it. It's actually one of the anthems of the Orange Men. Ah, <laughs> get the fuck out of here! <laughs> Fucking god, take it off. I'm done. Uh, LaRouche would sort of propose what was called the Biological Strategic Defense Initiative, which would cost $100 billion per year. All right, fucking Dr. Evil. Ed, 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 oh, you, you know what? Would, it's an Irish Ed, tune. It's called Ed Kellogg's March. Okay. It's not, uh, yeah. I'm going to no, keep no looking it up. To Kellogg, no relation to Kellogg cornflakes. Stop masturbating, right? Uh, start masturbating because it's not. So. Okay, hell yeah. <laughs> Whip it out and jerk it. All right, go um, Put my thing so, down, flip it, and reverse it. <laughs> <laughs> How did that rhyme? Snap, snap, flip, So LaRouche proposes this biological strategic defense initiative that would cost $100 billion per year. What is with him 19- saying strategic defense initiative? Like, he constantly says it about everything. And, and he said that it would have to be directed by him. Well, yeah, I mean, he's Jesus. He's a fucking, um, he's obviously a savior, bro. And and other um, and, and other groups that would oppose this program, um, such as the World Health Organization and the CDC, um, were accused by LaRouche of being, quote-unquote, viciously... All right, Steve, I'm out, dude. I'm out. I don't even want to hear any more comparisons to COVID. <laughs> I'm out. What you're fucking explaining to me right now is that LaRouche was like a microcosm of the response that we had to the current oh. pandemic. Well, yes. well, Steve, uh, before he died, he was one of the biggest proponents that um, global warming, uh, that climate change doesn't exist. So if he was if he was still alive, he would probably be like the, the COVID thing. I am I am like livid. You, but he, I am he claims, so angry but he claims right that the that the, the WHO and I'm the right. CDC right. were, were following an agenda of of genocide and euthanasia. Okay. What? Okay, so the um, so the the World Health Organization 
and it's the CDC, who probably had stronger constraints than he did, okay, uh, they were committing euthanasia and genocide. Yeah, well, Steve, they're not they're not paying LaRouche, or, or I, I don't think he's getting... No, 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 stop dollars. right there. Stop right there. Right. You said everything. They're not paying LaRouche. Yep. yep. That's, <laughs> that's the whole fuck. That's all you needed to say. That's it. <laughs> um, in... In, in 1986, LaRouche would uh, propose that AIDS be added to um, California's list of communicable diseases, um, which can be added. You, you can add new new diseases or viruses to the list through yeah. ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he called this program uh, Prevent AIDS Now Initiative Committee, which was uh, abbreviated to PANIC. Um, and it was fucking dumb. God, you... He's so dumb. Why are all the most evil people so fucking dumb? God. Just <laughs> and this was um, Prop 64 on the 1986 California ballot. Um, and most of the the required signatures to put it on the ballot um, were, were paid for uh, by, by LaRouche's uh, campaign or publication. Surprising nobody. How many signatures does it take to get on the ballot? Because he had a bunch of LaRoucheites or whatever the fuck you want to call them. I, I'm sure a number of them were, and I'm sure there was also, like, just those people who stand around with clipboards to get you to sign. Oh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, shouldn't it only yeah. take a couple thousand people to get signatures to get Yeah, I'm sure ballot? it didn't take very much. Okay. Um, and he would have Seal, um, that previously mentioned expert, be an AIDS expert for panic, Um uh, but he, he would disagree with uh, several of uh, LaRouche's views on that, on, on what caused AIDS, um, including LaRouche's claim that HIV was spread by insects. And being kissed by a rose. And and he, <laughs> he also described the group's um, beliefs as being, uh, quote-unquote, rather odd. Oh, okay. You don't say. Um, so uh, th- this is according to uh, a professor of public policy at the University of California at Berkeley, David uh, David Kerp, um, if the proposal went through, it would have required that um, three hundred thousand people um, in the area of um, would would have to be with AIDS or HIV would have to be reported to public health authorities, um, and it might have removed um, over a hundred thousand of them from their jobs in schools, restaurants, and agriculture, um, and it would have forced forty seven thousand children. Um, to to not attend school. There is no way that there were three hundred thousand people positive with AIDS in just in, California. Um, I, I, mean, I mean that are that are that are known. No, like in the eighties, in eighty five. No, AIDS was incredibly virulent in eighty six. Because you have to think about it, they weren't sure how it was going around, and people had been, you can be infected with HIV, HIV, excuse me, for up to 10 years before it even shows any symptoms. Yeah, yeah, but I just want to point out, 300,000 people. Yeah, it's definitely possible. What's the population, let's look at it, let's look it up, population of California in 1986. Oh, 86, I don't know. 27 million people. That's super easy. I mm, it's high. Twenty seven million divided high. by three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand works divided out. by twenty seven. I don't think two, that, no. three four five. That's eleven percent of the population. I don't believe that. That's, that's pretty the, high. One in ten. Come on, man. Yeah, that's There's pretty no high. Way. That's pretty high. There's no way. But people be fucking. 
People be fucking PBF. We always <laughs> say that. PBF. People be fucking. But still, 300, one in 10 people had AIDS? Come on, man. I don't buy that. I think that what that is, that's... Let's do, it, let's do another Wolf or Alpha search. How many people had AIDS oh, in California in 1986? I love Google. It's hilarious. You're going to get uh, Professor David Kerp of the University of California, Berkeley, saying 300,000. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely possible. I, I got nothing. I'm not doing this right now. Um, so Besides, Steve should do it. He's the researcher. <laughs> <laughs> the the proposal was was obviously you know opposed um, by by leading uh, by scientists and health officials, um, and and it was also um, be, because they they pointed out you know that it was based on inaccurate uh, scientific information. Boom. Um, and it was also um, quote unquote uh, counter to all public health principles. Exactly. Um, the the bill was defeated, um, and it was introduced two years later. Um, where it, when it was defeated again, uh, the first time um, it was defeated by it was it was seventy one percent to to twenty nine percent, and it it only got two million votes um, in favor the first time, mm-hmm. and one point seven million the second. The two time loser. The two time taking the L twice. Um, and when and when. Uh, when LaRouche uh, ran in 1988, um, AIDS was also one of his platforms. I mean, like smart. he was he was for AIDS. Yeah, <laughs> I think a- AIDS, AIDS should be for everybody. A- <laughs> a- and a- AIDS in every pot and a uh, and a laser weapon in every garage. Ju- I'm sorry, Steve. A Jewish space laser weapon. Right. Yes, <laughs> please call it. Get it right. The Zionists have been hoarding them, Steve. AIDS for anybody who wants it. Oh my God! Just I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. And in March of 1986, um, two of LaRouche's followers, Bark Fairchild and Janice Hart, um, would win um, Democratic primary um, uh, for statewide offices in, in Illinois, um, which brought LaRouche uh, national attention. Okay. Is that how he first got national attention? Well, no. It, it's not when he first got national attention. It just sort of became like a, another like national talking point. That his members were actually, you know, like getting seats. It, it's like it's like when that Nazi won the Republican nomination or whatever in Illinois. Like it was like that level of like attention. Okay. Um, like what the fuck are that, you that, talking about? There, there was a Republican in, in like a, a thoroughly like blue district in in Illinois who was like he was an openly like a Nazi. And like the Republicans disavowed him, but because he like <laughs> oh, because funny. he like paid the money, he was the candidate. So it was because the Democrat was running unopposed. The Republicans, quote unquote, <laughs> air quotes, well, <laughs> fucking disavowed well, him. <laughs> the fuck just out cut of here. those quotes out of the air with those chops, bro. <laughs> well, and, and this is this this right here is like why that turned out the way it was. Um, so when when this all happens, the the gubernatorial candidate. Um, for the Democrats, um, Adlai Stevenson III, um, he would withdraw his nomination because he didn't want to run uh, on the same slate as LaRouche members. Was he the son uh, of Adlai Stevenson? I believe he's the grandson of Adlai Stevenson. Yeah, he's Stevenson. the third. Uh, well, I didn't know if Adlai Stevenson was the second. You know what I mean? I didn't know. What? <laughs> 
yeah, Adlai Stevenson. <laughs> because he said yeah. Adlai Stevenson the third. Yes, I didn't. I yeah, didn't yeah, know. He's in junior, but I. He's right, but I didn't know if Adlai Stevenson the third was the son of Adlai Stevenson the second, who was the son no, of Adlai yeah, Stevenson. he's the son of the. He's the son of the second. <laughs> See, look at that. The second. Look at that. Is, the, well, the, how about that, the, Ryan? Adlai. Well, Ad, what I meant to say was Adlai Stevenson the second is the Adlai Stephen you've heard about. Exactly. So I was. I was on point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep up. <laughs> Adley Stevenson the third is the son of Janice Hart the first. Like what? <laughs> I know. It's like talking to like you know genealogy people. God. Um, oh, God. So he he said that they were quote unquote exploring every legal remedy to purge these bizarre and dangerous extremists from the Democratic ticket. Yeah, he sent them to the Republican ticket. Pretty much. Um. And, and essentially, uh, the, the DNC said that they would have to do a better job of saying, you know, that LaRouche's um, NDPC was not related to the DNC. Uh, What'd you call and- it? <laughs> <laughs> you NDPC. <laughs> I'm part of the DNC. You can't call me that. And and the New York and the, and the New York Times also wrote that the Democratic Party had been trying to. Um, identify the the candidates that were running in, in democratic elections um, as uh, LaRouche candidates. And when I say democratic elections, I mean for the Democratic Party. So this um, guy I, was the fucking MAGA party, but for the Democrats in the eighties. Kind of. The, these are like these are like the Q candidates, but they're the LaRouche candidates. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and they tried to get the LaRouche organization to release a full list of their candidates. This is how you know you have a uh, a cult um, when the other candidate wins and all your predictions are proven incorrect just by that action, and yet you still have followers. That's called moving the goalposts. Well, I mean, because what happens now, I'm going to straight up call the MAGA thing a cult i'm not calling all republicans but if you are like one of those entrenched maga individuals if if you we've said this before in the podcast and you both probably disagree with me maybe i'm not i don't want to imply anything but uh but if you voted for trump in 2016 there's a good chance you voted for just because you didn't like hillary clinton oh yeah Yeah. okay yeah and i'm not i'm not holding that against anyone there's there's people i know that would hold that against people you know? I only hold it against you if you were still a Trump supporter on like January twenty third of two thousand sixteen. Well, I, I was just gonna say I voted for for Jill Stein and Giant Crystal for the. For Shut the, the fuck so. up. <laughs> um, so third party asshole. That's it. The so, podcast is over. It's canceled. That's it. We're done. It's canceled. We're quitting. And, and then I, and then in twenty twenty I wrote in Marianne Williamson. Um, oh so, my god. Pack your crystal ball and get the fuck out. <laughs> Steve, you have access to, to EBSCO host. I mean, there's no way. <laughs> you have enough research not to vote for these fucking Koreans. Either that or he has enough research. That he Vlad- is Vladimir voting. Putin's dinner, dinner partner, Jill Stein. <laughs> I know. Um, it's like ridiculous. She's a green so, party. So in, in March of because this was this all happened in March of 1986. Um, in April of 1986, um, Larouche holds a, a press conference where he um, where he accuses the the Soviet Union, um, the British government, drug dealers, international bankers, and journalists um, of of being involved in a number of conspiracies against him. Oh, here we go. Um, to to share to share some quotes with you. 
Um, as he's up on stage flanked by his bodyguards, he said, if Abraham Lincoln were alive, he'd probably be standing um, up here with me today. What? What? And he said there was no criticism of him that did not originate from, quote unquote, with the drug lobby or the Soviet operation. Let me tell you something, Lyndon. (laughs) If Abraham Lincoln were alive and he heard you talk for more than a minute, he would challenge you to a wrestling match, break your fucking back like the Iron Sheik, (laughs) and then shut you the fuck down. Because Abraham Lincoln was a man, all right? And you are a baby. He would take his top hat off and you knew it was time for business. I'm not a big... I'm not getting misogynist level with this, but that, but Abraham Lincoln was a man's man. He was a fu- he was when he was a kid, he was like a fucking ridiculous wrestling champion. Like he wasn't even a bull. Like people make fun of him, like oh, he's a big skinny guy. He fucked people up. All right, yeah, he yeah. would fuck Lyndon LaRoche up. Fuck Lyndon LaRoche. In fact, I'm more for like a Seattle cop logic trivia thing where it's like, you know, if you want to fight someone on the street, then. That's fine, as long as there's a police officer president. One of you stops when you fall down. There is nothing wrong with that, dude. I'm okay with that. As long as you both agree to fight, that's fine. There are a lot of people that could really do with a legal ass kicking. Don't you think that – don't you think some of these guys – like I'm not a fan of of physical violence, but don't you think some of these guys, if they got punched in the face one time, would change their fucking tune? I am telling you right now, sometimes that is the only way to change somebody's mind. Right? Anyway, um, well, what, by, what would by happen? Way, also, this is an open call out to Ben Shapiro to do the boxing <laughs> with me. No, I don't want to fight knock that guy. Your little five foot two ass See, out. I don't want to fight that guy because he's so small that I would be afraid that I would hurt him. Like even though he has access to Joe Rogan, I'm not really worried about that. <laughs> Joe Rogan, I wouldn't fight, and they're about the same height. So, and so is Dan Crenshaw. Good lord, what is with all these short ass dudes? I, well, I was, I Dan was Crenshaw say is like that, a Lyndon LaRoche, you know? Yeah, Dan. Well, if you look at that one picture of like Dave Chappelle and like Joe Rogan, where like they're they're positive um, with coronavirus, um, <laughs> when Chappelle got it. If you look at Joe Rogan in it, he just looks more and more like Dana White. Like he looks if I didn't know thumb. any better, yeah. I would I would say I would think that was like Dana White. I thumb. I was <laughs> I was so upset about Dave Chappelle because of I love Dave Chappelle and uh, he's probably one of the top three comedians ever. And yeah. uh, I don't know what the fuck he was thinking, man. I, I I almost have trouble believing that he wasn't taking precautions. I just have trouble believing it. But no, nah, he he did that one Netflix special that was like outdoors, where every table was like six feet apart. It was only like an hour long. I yeah. I think I think it's just an, he takes it serious. I, I don't think know it's what I think was. it's just an accident or something like that. But when I see well, it, him around those other celebrities like that without a mask on. Oof. Uh, Ernie, you want to take this one? Yeah. Um, so uh, this press conference he has about being um, targeted while, um, while, while sort of like influenced by, by the events of March, um, in October of 1986, um, his, his offices in Virginia and Massachusetts are, are raided by hundreds of state um, and federal officers. I'm sorry, hundreds? Yes. Hundreds. Like, like you know how they have like all those like FBI agents that Dude, should like go. Let me tell you something, Steve. Yeah, out. they're always just carrying out those boxes. When I grew up, <laughs> that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be that a box carrier. No, I wanted to be like a member of a squad. <laughs> a guy, an FBI windbreaker. Just, a, just a, exactly, just a member of the FBI that comes in with a large force that can't be beaten, and there's no risk. You know, like in just, shitty khakis and a shitty FBI windbreaker. Yeah, you just got that. What's the name of the coach of? Um, 
uh, what the fuck was it? Oh, man. Dick Vitale. No, not Craig T. Nelson. Not Dick Vitale. He's not, <laughs> Craig T. Nelson's an actor. He's just coach. Bobby Bonilla. Steve. Dauber? No. Fuck. He was, oh, my God. Hold on. He was coach of, uh, I think he was the coach of the 49ers for a little while there. I it's know not, what you're talking about. He always wore a windbreaker. He wear he, no he Steve oh, Carroll. No, that's not a real guy. <laughs> Steve Carroll. Uh, what the fuck, Jim Harbaugh. Or Pete Carroll. Sorry, Jim Pete Harbaugh. Carroll. He's the coach of Michigan. I like to Who? block. I block Michigan <laughs> out of my head. Jim Harbaugh. He always wears the same fucking outfit all the time. He oh, always has the same yeah, yeah, yeah. same okay, shoes, okay. same khakis. You know, all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Steve. He's like Doug. Steve, we could probably just take me out of this podcast because I am fucking wired up today, man. I'm feeling it. That's perfect. Well, no, let's keep going. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, we'll keep going. You're going to have to edit this, though, Steve. So oh, yeah. I mean, I'll edit it. I mean, I, I'm good at taking myself out of the context, trust me. Um, so, LaRouche is indicted on um, – and and 12 of his associates are, are now, wait, indicted. Wait, 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 wait. We're an hour and 27 minutes into the episode, and he's finally getting arrested. All right, good. <laughs> they're, they're indicted on credit card fraud and obstruction of justice. Just like Al Capone. Get him for the dumb shit. They're going to get Donald Trump for, like, not wearing his fucking seatbelt. Trust me. <laughs> you, you have to remember this isn't just because he's an asshole. Like, essentially what they were doing was they, they were defrauding millions of dollars, and this is in 1986, um, including from elderly people, um, by, by essentially borrowing the money from them um, with no intent to pay them back. Right, because what you do if you want to borrow money without paying it back is you borrow it on a verbal agreement from a person who's going to die in a couple years. And then what you do is you invest it into GameStop with the assumption <laughs> that if you do the call option... Dude, i tell you what. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the whole GameStop I'll, thing. Hey, I'll, listen, fuck I've, I've heard good things fan. about the pro. I've, I've heard good things about the pro account. They'll get you to sign up when you come in there. To the moon. Get you in. To the moon. Listen, my, yeah. my bank account's loving this GameStop stuff right now. Do you have do you have, to the moon, baby? Are you, are you in, involved in it? You, Don't tell me you, where your position is, but are you involved in it? You goddamn right I am. Oh, I that's am cool. Balls deep right now. Really? How, how, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't want to ask. I'll ask you offline. We can talk about it off air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bet, balls deep. I, I got some friends that were in it because they got the free stock and they ended up getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop a long time ago, GameStop yeah. was they so made a couple hundred. Free. They made a couple hundred bucks, which is you know. I'm into uh, long-term investments, mm-hmm. um, just some stuff to supplement my income when I'm an old fuck, and yeah. uh, you know, um, but I got a lot of people around me talk shit about 401ks and all that other stuff, and it's like, eh, you know, you're you're full of shit. Like you should have something. Yeah, they're all they're all like, because I, I I read a lot of that like like sort of like the the Schadenfreude of like the these people who like claim that anyone who like saves saves money for their future is like an idiot. Yeah. Like the people who are like, it's like, why bother paying into Social Security? It isn't going to be there when, like, when Oh, we're my God. Don't even get me fucking and, started, dude. But, but like, it's just, just to cut a thing, a, a rant short. Um, Social Security, like, brings in more money than it puts out. Um, so it, it's Isn't it really one of the like, only things in government that is positive? Yeah, it, it, it pulls in more than it, it puts out. Right. Um, the, the, the problem with the future is not the fact that it, it's the problem is that like when all the boomers die is it's because there's such like an imbalance in population that 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 nobody's really sure what's going to happen. And this this is something that like every country in the world 
that has like a pension plan. Well, once the boomers start dying, with. they would theoretically pay out less, which means that there would be less of a strain. There's less the coming in, which what I'm trying to well, get get around in a long about well, long like long way around is saying kill the boomers. Well, no, no, well, it, my parents are boomers, that. Ryan. The fact that, so that boomers who aren't retired, <laughs> <Fuck> you. <laughs> that it's, it's people paying into social security. Right. Okay. Okay. That the population's going to fall off. It's not about the paying out. It's about the paying. Yeah, in. but that's the inherent um, problem with the system anyway. I mean, that was understood even in FDR's day. Yeah. Right. Um, FDR was the one that brought about Social Security, right, and the New Deal. Yes. Yeah. Steve, correct me. What the FDR started the, the Social Security with the New Deal? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's correct. That's, 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 I'm that's out. I'll social. see you guys yeah, later. Right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a high note. I'm gonna see you guys later. It's been good. It's been a good podcast. No, I'm just kidding, guys. I'm sitting that's here where, like, yeah, I don't know. You're you're right. FDR did start with the New Deal. Like Steve. See, Steve, that's Steve, why we have. I have severe. That's why I have we have severe. social security cards, and it's like the dumbest system ever because it was made. It was made 90 years ago. Right, and it works, and that's how well of a, a good of an idea it was that it almost lasted a century. But now it's um, time to upgrade, so I want my Social Security 5G chip inserted in me as soon as possible. So, LaRouche claims that all of the, the accusations against him are politically motivated and not real. Um, the uh, His his estate is surrounded, um, and he warned law, law enforcement officials to not arrest him, saying that he, he considered any attempt to do so would be an attempt on his life. Surrounded like a, like a Waco? Siege, yeah, like, like, like they laid yeah. siege to the compound. Okay, yeah, and um, a, a spokesman for the LaRouche um, organization said that they would not rule out the use of violence um, against officials in a response to this. Um, and LaRouche would send a telegram to Ronald Reagan saying that an attempt to arrest him would be, uh, quote unquote, a, an attempt to kill me. Why does he know that uh, he's committing capital crimes? Like, he, um, because, yeah, he's like, I, w- I will not uh, submit passively to such an arrest. I will defend myself because he knows he's going to go to jail. Oh, so this is like a like a Ruby Ridge Waco scenario, okay? Um, and- I am absolutely here for this. <laughs> he, he eventually- Dude, I'm on like four now, bro. I got up a couple times. <laughs> oh, bro, I've been, I've been muting my mic as I've cracked new ones. I'm at number yeah. five. He eventually, he eventually surrenders, um, and in 1987... Um, a number of his um, entities, such as um, his his Fusion Energy Foundation, um, uh, got taken over um, through um, involuntary bankruptcy proceedings. No, oh, that's shitty because that was like the one thing that wasn't terrible about him promoting nuclear power. So the 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 government essentially takes these over. Um, it's actually like a rare time where the the government would actually use one of these legal maneuvers to. On, on December 16th, uh, 1988, uh, LaRouche was convicted of conspiracy to commit mail fraud um, involving more than $30 million in defaulted loans, um, 11 counts of actual mail fraud involving 294000 in defaulted loans, and a single count of conspiring to defraud the, the IRS. Got him. He was sentenced to 15 years in federal prison. Um, but he was released on parole after serving uh, five years, um, and he was released on January 26, 1994. Um, Thirteen of his associates were also sentenced to prison terms, um, and those ranged from one month to 77 years for mail fraud and conspiracy. Oof. Okay. Um, 
the trial judge called uh, LaRouche's claim that this was all part of a political vendetta against him um, errant nonsense and said, quote unquote, the idea that this organization is a sufficient threat to anything that would warrant the government bringing a prosecution to silence them just defies human experience. What? <sighs> um, defense lawyers tried to, uh, they, they filed unsuccessful appeals, um, but to, to challenge this, but they were unable to. And these were on things such as um, the, the, they challenged the conduct of the grand jury, um, the contempt fines, um, the execution of search warrants, and various trial procedures. So they, were, so, so they essentially tried every angle to right. like get this case overturned. So they're nitpicking. Okay. Right. Usually when um, you're doing that, you're admitting defeat. As um, at 10 of those appeals, uh, 10 appeals were heard by the, the, the United States Court of Appeals, and three were heard by the U.S. Supreme Court. And what did the Supreme Court rule? I'm sorry. Did you just say a Lyndon LaRoche appeal was held heard by the Supreme Court? Yeah, and and they they all failed. Good. Of course they failed, but just the idea that it would get that high, like, I. By the way, do you? Does anyone else feel like ever since recent years that the the Supreme Court is a little too accessible? Well, it's it's always it will. Well, the problem is, is that sort of the, the constitutionality of what's what's being asked in the question, it, it sort of gets kicked up. It's not saying that the matter of the case is is more important than something in a lesser court. It's just saying the scope of what's being discussed goes up to a constitutional level. Okay. I, so it, it's essentially saying that... I hate that, to be this, uh, this guy, and I don't mean to say it. I don't mean to be mean or anything, but I get that. I'm just saying it feels like very trivial things are going up there. Well, it's 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 always been that way because remember, okay, it, it, when the Supreme Court started, they were originally like traveling judges, right? Like yeah, like they would yeah. literally walk, they would literally walk to an area and they would like hear hear a case. Okay, I get it, I get it. Um, and in and in Larouche's nineteen eighty eight autobiography, he claimed that the operation was the work of um, Rice and Gorbachev. <laughs> of who? Risa Gorbachev. Like his daughter? Who No, it's his wife. Again, my point is is like this guy is clearly just making things up. When yeah. is he allowed to be picked up by the men in the white coats for just a simple evaluation? Once again, I know person, I know man, woman, camera, TV. <sighs> I know. Perfectly oh, mentally competent. Well, LaRouche would also run in the nineteen eighty eight uh, presidential election. Um, while this while this case was going on, and he would receive twenty five thousand five hundred and sixty two votes. Oof, down a little bit since the last one. Sell, 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 sell. <laughs> um, no, you got to hold, dude, to the moon. Hold, hold, diamond hands, baby. Stonks go up. <laughs> to the moon. It's literally um, when I got in, when I got into Bitcoin and I was trying to um, invest in Ethereum and all that other stuff like. Probably about five years ago. That was the, all the chat was, by the way. So be careful around those people. <laughs> oh yeah, they're oh, fucking yeah. idiots. So, but to well, be fair, Bitcoin is now at thirty-four thousand dollars, and it has no value. It's yeah, just, but it has no value. But if you have it, you can sell it for value. If that makes sense, you know. The well, same thing in, with GameStop. Theory you can, but 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 the exchanges might not um, might not cash you out. 
Like they they might they might do ways because one thing they do is they limit the amount you can take out at a time because yeah. it's essentially a Ponzi scheme. That's the different problem though. My my what I was trying to say was that similar to GameStop, the value is completely fake. It's based on the interest of the people that are putting money into it and nothing more. Yeah, nothing more. I mean, and I, I unlike unlike GameStop, I don't really support the people that are backing Bitcoin at high levels. Like, I support the average person who's just trying to make a buck. Totally. Because fuck it. 100%. 100%. 100%. Fuck it. But the people that are really back in Bitcoin? Uh, uh. Yeah, no. Um, so LaRouche began serving his sentence in 1989. Um, he would serve it in the Federal Medical Center in Rochester, Minnesota. What? He didn't go to fucking real jail? He went to a goddamn hospital jail? Well, he's also, he's also like, really old at that time, too. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what are you... Are you fucking kidding me? You sound so much like um, Squeezy Jibs right now. <laughs> no, my thing is, like, I don't give a shit that you're old. Go to fucking jail. Go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Fuck your hospital jail unless you have a reason to be in a hospital. But do you really think an old, infirm person should be in jail? Yes. What the f- fuck? Yes. Well, where would they be? Where Just would they be kept? The old does not preclude you from punishment. They, listen. So here's here's the deal. When when you go to a correctional facility, be it a jail, be it a prison, whatever it may be, you can always assign a certain dormitory specifically for certain people. Sure. The state of Florida assigns certain dorms for people that are under the age of 17 since they have closed the quote-unquote, quote-unquote, youthful offender camps <laughs> that were designed to keep people, children, out of adult prison. Quote, now, quote, quote. Yeah. Now, being that that's gone, you're going to send children to adult prisons, and you can't have a 17-year-old in there with some dude who's 40 serving life in prison. That kid's going to get killed. I don't know if you've met a 17-year-old recently, but you would probably want to kill them. So to put them in prison... I remember myself at 17, and I would definitely want to end my life. Yeah. I'd go and kick my own ass if I could go back and see myself at 17. But the point being is that you can put these people in a place that is not necessarily like a protective custody, but you they get their own dormitory sure. where they only socialize with each other. Okay. And you can you have nurses in prison so that they can go and check on them, check their blood pressure, give them their meds every morning. Like just because you're old does not keep preclude you from going behind a fence. Fuck you. You committed a crime. You could serve it just like every other goddamn person that commits a crime. Okay. Thank you for coming uh, to my TED Talk. So, um, in, in 1990, he would, um, he, he would run um, for Congress in the 10th District of Virginia, um, and he received uh, Wait, less he than 1% still in jail? of the vote. While he was yeah. in jail? Like, what is he, Carmine Serpico? Like, what the fuck is Wait, this? What, what the- I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I always do that. Carmine Persico. Sorry about that, Carmine. So, oh, wait, okay, you're so dead. You died for- last year. Sorry. So he's running for Congress in the 10th rep- – er, he's running to represent the 10th District of Virginia in Congress while he's at federal prison in Minnesota. Well, that's that's the, that's where that right? his, his estate is. That, that's where he's a resident of. Yeah, my estate was in the Florida Department of Corrections too for a while, but I mean – Oof. Oof. Big F. Because different states have different standards on when you can lose your your citizenship in that state. 
for instance, like California, you can like never lose it. It's like really hard because I, I had coworkers in China who hated it because they still had to pay income tax in California, even though they weren't working in California. California is the third largest economy in the world, isn't it? It was. Yeah, it's pretty large. Like California but, itself, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago. I don't know about now. But anyways, there's there's a treaty between the United States and China that says that if you work 365 days out of the year in China, like if you work the whole year in China, you don't pay taxes, income tax in the United States up to a certain amount. But he still had to pay, even though he was under the threshold for the federal government, he still had to pay income tax to California. Huh. Interesting. Um, so, anyways, um, no, in 1992, a, there, there's a couple ta- there's a couple states like that, where like Texas, yeah. Texas is like that. Like, my wife sells things at anime cons, and normally we just fill out a tax form because, unlike a lot of fucking morons, she pays her taxes. So, yeah, uh, she goes and she sells, but we don't sell in Texas. And the reason we don't sell in Texas is a because it takes too fucking long to get to Texas, and b uh, Texas requires you to maintain a business in Texas and pay your taxes quarterly, even if you do no sales. So, like, you have to file every quarter, even if you do no sales. That's crazy. Yeah, most states you can just fill out a form that says, "I'm here to sell at a convention." Yeah, here's yeah. what I sold. Yeah. Here's my tax money. It's paid. Yeah. You're done. Here's my record. I'm done. Right? That's how the yeah. system would work, right? You would think that that's sure. how it would work. No. Some, should work like some states require you to file as a permanent business and file every quarter, even if you have to file zeros. That's dumb as shit. Also, if you make less than a certain amount, you shouldn't have to fucking pay taxes at all, in my opinion. I mean, that's true, though. If you make less than $12,000 a year, you don't pay taxes. That's not true. Yeah. Well, a lot of... Um, that's not true. Like, a lot of... A, a no, you still have to of, file, but you don't pay taxes on it. If you make less than 12000 a year... That's not true. It's that's le- what your tax refund is for. I it's, thought it's that's your tax bracket. It's less than if you're if you're a business and you sell. It's four hundred dollars. You can look it up. If you make more than for four business, you for, ma- for technically okay. speaking, if you make more than four hundred dollars in a year, you have to pay taxes. As a business, yep. Okay, I'm talking about as a person. Income tax, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in in 1992, um. Lurie should run for president. Um, his running mate would be um, James Bevel, um, who was a civil rights um, activist um, who had um, what? represented the whites. Well, no, he had he had represented um, Larouche's people in their pursuit of the uh, the Franklin um, child prostitution conspiracy. Okay, uh, all right. Here we go all again right. with the fucking pedophiles. Yep, here we go. Um, was it at the bottom of a pizza place? I mean, it's ridiculous because like you got to do something about them, but at the same time, like there's such it's such an easy thing to throw out, you know, communist, well, uh, whatever the pejorative well, no, of the moment is, whatever's evil. Th- enough. The thing is, is it's just like the people who claim about like child trafficking, exactly. Like child trafficking, as it's described by like a lot of people in the media and a lot of the people who are like saying about like how child trafficking is is like endemic. Like, those people are not talking about something that exists. It's like, Taken does not exist. There are not people who just, like, grab children off the street and, like, like sell them to, like, Saudi businessmen on yachts or whatever. No, they get taken off the streets uh, of Mexico and forced to work as a migrant farmer. Yeah, the majority majority of the missing children in the United States are children who are – who run away from home because they've been disowned by their families for being being LGBTQ or – they're, they're children who have been um, 
not returned on time really to their to their spouses yes um when they're um if they're divorced um and it gets reported as missing because they never take the children off the missing child role even after they've been found and it's also children um whose parents like abduct them like say like your parents get divorced and your mom or your dad takes you across state lines um that also um stays on the rules huh no shit like it never it never gets like like changed that sensationalized idea of like you're going to be human trafficked well there sexually there are some not there's some human trafficking that goes on i don't think it's smart to say that it it's not going on well it's probably not majority is human trafficking yeah like like what i'm describing is is human trafficking and a lot of the stuff with like the underage prostitution and stuff like that what that is is not children who have been like abducted to do that job what it is is children who have been ran out or forced out of their homes who and are trying to, to get a roof, job yeah who, who, who sure. do it to get a roof over their head like it's it's not good like it's not something that they should be doing but it's just something in desperation that they've been brought to it wasn't something yeah. like the person they're staying with didn't like kidnap them like and take in and then force them to be like a prostitute right right which right, is right, what, right right Liam yeah. Neeson's not that's, getting involved. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's, it's not taken. Right. Liam Neeson's it's, not It's a very involved. disingenuous representation of a real problem is what it boils down to. It's 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 feeding on that emotional level of people. When LaRouche uh, ran for president from prison, he was the second ever person to ever do that in history. The first was Eugene Debs, the the socialist, because okay. he ran for he ran for president from prison. Um, and LaRouche only receives... Um, Twenty six thousand three hundred and thirty four votes. It was um, still dropping, and he, and he ran under. No, it was higher. It was actually higher by eight hundred votes. Um, oh my god! <laughs> and, and he ran under the Economic Recovery Party. Okay. Um, for a brief time period, he shared a jail cell with uh, disgraced televangelist Jim Baker. Oh my! Really? Did Jim Baker get him on that colloidal silver shit? Um, Jim, well. I, this was before Jim Baker got into that stuff, when he was just grifting like people for money. Okay. Um, Baker Baker describes his experiences with Larouche. He he said that um, he was surprised at how detailed Larouche's knowledge of the Bible was. Because remember, uh, Larouche came from like a, like a hardcore like Quaker background. Mm-hmm. Of course. So I'm sure like he he read the Bible a fair deal as a child and like once or twice. Baker said that Larouche would get um, intelligence reports from his people by mail every day. Um, and he also said that uh, a lot of times he would get information um, before the news covered it. Mm-hmm. Um, he he also said that LaRouche claimed that their cell was bugged. Of course. Um, and, and Baker had this to say of LaRouche, quote unquote, to say LaRouche was a little paranoid would be like saying that the Titanic had a little leak. <laughs> wow. Okay. I never thought I'd agree with Jim Baker. Eventually, what happens is because remember how um, people in Russia had been studying um, Larouche's uh, work. Um, eventually, a Moscow City Council member, um, Steve Victor Kuzin, I prefer to you refer to them as Muscovites. All right. <laughs> well, yes, no, it's please. the actual Moscow City Council. Like that's the. Yeah, I still prefer Muscovite. Well, Muscovite Victor Kuzin came and visited him. <laughs> Thank you. Because um, uh, Victor Kuzin was also the founder of what was called the Democratic Union, um, which was a Russian uh, political party. Um, he traveled in Minnesota in 1993 um, to meet LaRouche. Um, and then he also, after that, participated in um, a campaign to exonerate LaRouche. Hmm, okay. That seems like a stupid idea. 
Um, so they the the exoneration campaigns go on. Um, they garnered some support from um, state representatives and state senators in the U.S. Huh, that's the um, fucking stop right there. What? Well, remember I said state. So this uh, is like, yeah, so it's like the office, the state senator. Yeah, yeah. yeah Angela yeah, so dating like, the state senator. Yeah, yeah. Um, LaRouche would eventually be released on parole in, in January of 1994, and he would return um, to Loudoun County in um, Virginia. What county? Udon County? Like the noodle? Luden. Like of the cough drops. Udon. Of grandmom's <laughs> cough drops fame. Oh, okay. Remember okay. Luden's? Okay. Um, Grandma yeah, would hook you up with the Luden's. And you'd be like, yeah, Grandma, you need, you need to stop watching TV. These don't do shit. Get me some Ricola or some Fisherman's <laughs> Friends and fuck off. You know? <laughs> By the way, if you've never. Ne- you, I'm going to say this again. If you've had a cold and you're really fucked up, get Fisherman's Friends. They taste like absolute shit, but there is so much menthol in them, you might as well be smoking fucking Marlboro menthols. Okay? Jesus Christ. LaRouche would be under probation from 1994 until January of 2004. Mm-hmm. God damn! Um, That's a it, long it, time to be, be on probation. Su- Ten years. So, so he'd be regularly supervised by uh, parole and probation officers. How did he manage okay. that? Let's, let's, other than let's other than being up. white, on, how did he manage listen, that? Yeah, he's on he's on rich white people probation because yeah. any other probation, he was going to jail within the first he's, year. No fucking. He's got the. Good. He's got the Teddy Hart package. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's got the ankle. He's got the ankle. The ankle tracker. Ankle tracker. Just chilling. Yeah. I'm at the they put on real loose, and they're like, hey, best behavior, don't take this off. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge. I love that joke I sent um, you earlier, Steve. I didn't know that was... Was that an Eddie Murphy bit? The one about uh, if ghosts were able to hurt people, that there there would be no white people alive. <laughs> yeah, because Eddie Murphy has that bit about how you wouldn't find like a black family in a haunted house. It's like in, in Delirious or one, uh, one of his other stand-up bits. Where he's just like, he just does like the get out. And he's like, we're moving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, deuces. In, in 1994 as well, um, LaRouche's followers would begin working hand-in-hand with the Nation of Islam. Um, what? To condemn uh, the Anti-Defamation I'm, League. You know why? I uh, keep talking because it's, it's just fucking confusing. That's all. Yeah. You know? He doesn't know what he wants to be. He's a leftist. Well, and also an authoritarian. We right. treated COVID. Well, working with the nation. Yeah, yeah, we crazy. treated. Well, he's right wing, and because remember, because remember, I said this is like how the the nation of Islam, their their common enemy is Jews, because the Anti Defamation League is a Jewish organization. So the nation of Islam and and Larouche's people are like, well, you hate Jews and we hate Jews, so we're we're gonna join together and we're gonna we're gonna double team the the ADL. I just don't get it, dude. Yeah, no. Um. So uh, in 1994 as well, uh, LaRouche would make uh, a bunch, a number of trips to Russia. Um, he would participate in different conferences um, and go speak at different um, scientific and other institutes in Russia. Okay. Mm. Um, in 1996, um, he was invited to speak at a convention organized by Louis Farrakhan okay. um, and Ben. And Ben Chavez, who is another sort of like black nationalist leader, I'm aware. I really um, don't understand this guy. Anyway, um, as as soon as LaRouche he's a grifter, speaking, he went where the money was, went. Well, as soon as Larouche began speaking, he was booed off the stage. I mean, Louis Farrakhan's people are not dumb, so thank thankfully at so least he, they booed him off the stage. So he just uh, yeah. he just uh, 
Well, no, like Louis Farrakhan's people are very dumb because they're like they're. they're yeah, I mean, at least they're not like that dumb that they didn't catch on to that Lyndon Ledouche was just fucking being a grifter. Well, well yeah, well he's white, so he, he's automatically <laughs> sus. Uh, but but like the the Nation of Islam is like an insane like UFO cult. So Larouche uh, ran in the the nineteen ninety six Democratic uh, presidential primaries. Um, he actually did receive enough votes in Louisiana and Virginia to get one delegate from each of those states. But then he got uh, but, drugged by Bill Clinton. But before the uh, the primaries could start, the, the DNC chair, uh, Donald Fowler, said that LaRouche was not a, a bona fide de- uh, Democrat um, because of his like beliefs, just like before, you know, where they said, like, he, he's an anti-Semite and explicitly racist. Mm-hmm. Um and, and also, they says, well, because of his, his past activities, including exploitation of and defrauding contributors and voters. Uh-huh. Um, and Fowler instructed state parties to disregard votes from LaRouche. Wow. Um, so, um, obviously, you know, um, the, the party doesn't have to accept him because, again, he's not an actual member of the political party. Um, uh, LaRouche, um, he, he would come out against the impeachment of bill clinton all um, right and, strong work and, strong work and he would say it was a um, <laughs> it was a plot by oh, the british work. intelligence to destabilize the u.s government sending them fucking tricky brits in to suck our president's dick that's a it's it's a goddamn shame um in 1999 um uh, la would uh, um, become popular in china um because LaRouche had criticized um a congressional report called the cox report um, that accused uh, China of stealing U.S. nuclear weapons. Uh, I mean, secrets. Not not I'm weapons, not but like they, yeah, I'm not saying they did. Secrets. I'm not saying they didn't. But China's kind of like known for like stealing people's shit, aren't they? Yeah, but but he's he's saying like, well, that's um, that that's false, and China's like, yeah, yeah, we didn't steal those. Okay, gotcha. Um, and it, he he also claimed in 1999. Um, that 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 within um, the 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 next century, um, there's going to be um, that there's going to be a collapse of the world's financial system around um, 2000, and that there's going to be nothing like it um, ever seen before. This um, is 21 years off. Game stocks go up. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, he was right. He was just off by a couple decades. And and what and, and what he sort of seems to claim that he was correct was that the dot um, the dot com bubble um, popped in two thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. Wait, but, I was about to say, is but, that what but it was wasn't on the scale that he claimed it would be. I thought the bubble was kind of going until like at least two thousand two or three. No, it was, no, the it dot was com 2000. bubble burst in early two thousand. Yeah, it was two thousand. Uh. The thing is, the internet changed at that point and became a necessity, other than like a new frontier. And okay. and the and the uh, sudden people making money stopped. Like you had to actually offer a service at that point. So yeah, okay. Um, uh, Larouche would found the worldwide Larouche Youth Movement um, in 2000, um, and he would claim in 2004 that it had hundreds of members in the U.S. and a smaller number overseas. Uh, um, cribbing directly from the Hitler Youth Movement. Okay. <laughs> um, during the um, during the Democratic primaries, um, he received uh, – um, in June of 2000, he received 53,280 votes. 
so not many. So Pathetic. He went up, though. Last time he had like 28,000, right? Like 25, right? Yeah, but this is just in a primary. It doesn't matter, <laughs> Steve. He doubled his votes. <laughs> More than double. He's going up. He's going up. He's trash. You gotta, you gotta invest in, in <laughs> stocks to the moon, baby. GME. <laughs> I mean, I just like the stock. This is not financial advice. Sometimes um, again, <laughs> that's gonna be the intro to our. Ep- that's all I'm gonna write for the description for the episode. By the way, this does not constitute financial advice at all. And then I'm just gonna put the episode out. <laughs> there was another podcast I listened to that titled their uh, episode that where they talked about the GameStop thing. Yeah, but we're not going to talk about that other than just ancillary, which I'm just going to put that as the main thing we're talking about <laughs> during this episode. No, but this is not kind of – this is not – I'm just going to lazy it in. I'm going to mail it in for the rest of the time we do the podcast. It's just going to always be that. Just a fucking warning. <laughs> this is not financial yeah. advice. All right, Ryan's opinions do not reflect the opinions of Globocorp. <laughs> Steve's company, Globocorp. <laughs> Ryan's stupidity does not reflect on the rest of the trilateral troika. Stop calling yourself stupid. You're not dumb. I have to tell people I work with that shit all the time. Stop it. In um, in, in 2002, uh, LaRouche's publication, The Executive Intelligence Review, um, argued that the September 11th terrorist attacks had been an inside job, and it was an attempted coup d'etat. Oh, fuck off. Oh, okay. Fuck off. Yeah, I mean, that, it was an attempted off. coup d'etat by the party that was in power that continued to be in power for um, years. LaRouche would, LaRouche would um, enter the Democratic primary in 2004, setting the record for the most consecutive uh, presidential campaigns. Okay. Um, and he wasn't allowed to participate in any sort of party events such as um, forum debates. Next, yeah, he's a fucking um, lunatic. And he would not run... Um, he would not run in uh, 2008. Yeah, Obama would have fucking wiped the floor with him. Well, everyone um, wiped the floor with him, which is more to the point, right? Well, yeah, yeah, but but they just didn't even want to have him on stage. Like, they didn't want to even allow him to speak. Right, which they never should have done to begin with. My thing here is, like, I understand that everyone should have, like, the ability to speak, but not everyone should have the ability to speak at the Democratic National Convention. Deplatforming works. Well, he was he was never allowed to speak at any of the conventions. They just said like we're not even gonna like we're not even gonna entertain even, the application. Basically, yeah, it went, yeah, like, no, it went like a step no. further. Basically, once yeah. again, it's like if Alex Jones applied. For, well, fuck, I can't even say that because they probably would have his psychotic ass on the stage at the RNC. So uh, Larouche uh, around this time would also go on to his um, sort of denial of climate change, uh. um, and and. This is sort of like a trend as well because he also claimed, you know, that that DDT, um, coro, uh, fluorocarbons or, or carbon dioxide had had a negatively affected the environment. Not so he, he so he's just sort of repeating things he'd been saying since like the seventies. Not agreeing with climate change is the same thing as not agreeing with COVID. I'm just using COVID as an analogy to pair, compare everything at this point. Because I mean, it works with this guy. He's a fucking virus. Well, th- <laughs> think about the reality <laughs> hey. of it, though. If you're if you're a scientist who's examining the polar ice caps, then you obviously understand that there's a problem with climate change, right? Because in the past twenty years, I mean, just alone in the past twenty years, climate change has affected the polar ice caps drastically. If you're a scientist that studies the northern polar ice caps, not the southern. 
because apparently the southern ice caps are actually growing, if that makes sense. Right. And again, that's also climate change. So, yeah, so it, you have to be a disingenuous fuck to be like, oh, look, th- nothing's going on. The, the planet's not getting hotter. Look, the, look at the poles. They're actually growing ice. Like, yeah, no, bro, look at the northern pole. So, Steve, I know we're in the 2000s now. Is this guy going to die soon because I'm... Uh, is he going to die well, he has, anytime soon? He has he has, he has two big uh, sort of campaigns that he has before, uh, before his demise. Sorry about that. Um, I dropped in- my fidget spinner. It's made out of brass. In, in, so, in two thousand, he's still keeping no it alive. No bullshit. It's made out of made out of brass. No bullshit. Two thousand sixteen called motherfucker. Dude, um, I I have ADHD. I need something to pay. I need something in my hands. <laughs> I just need something in my hands. It's like it's like Inception. He need that's his. That's my uh, token. His totem. Yeah, my totem. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in two thousand seven, uh, he would lobby uh, for the restoration of the Glass Steagall Act, um, which which is good. Um, saying that it would be possible um, to to save the U.S. banking system mm-hmm. um, by by reorganizing it under bankruptcy protection. Mm-hmm. Um, he he proposed in 2007 as well a, a homeowners and, and bank protection act, which would have established a federal agency that would quote unquote place federal and state chartered banks under protection, freeze all existing home mortgages for a period of time, adjust mortgage values to fair prices restructure existing mortgages at appropriate interest rates and write off speculative debt obligations of mortgage bank securities that doesn't sound like a bad thing it it doesn't but it's one of those things like it, it you can't really like make that happen okay it's one of those things um, like everybody gets a billion dollars it's a lot well, now yeah like <laughs> okay. you well, get a billion we- and you get a billion I wrote it and I put my signature on it. It says everybody in America gets a billion dollars with like a couple backwards like it, R's. In, instead of having, um, instead of having like bank bailouts, um, his this bill would have had um, a foreclosure moratorium um, where homeowners would make the equivalent of of rental payments for for a period of time. Okay, you said rental um, though. I mean that usually ends my conversation. Yeah. Um, and in and in 2009, um, when sort of the the U.S. healthcare reform debate was happening, mm-hmm. um, LaRouche would advocate for a single payer um, healthcare bill, and he took exception to um, what? Wait, to, he to, advocated for a single payer system? Yeah, what? you know why? Because remember, because it's the only the, the, argument that he could make at this point that makes any sense. Well, we have to remember from his his, his his sort of like Marxist roots that he's essentially what what's called a Strasserite or, or what okay. people generally call a Strasserite. Marxist too, I guess. Yeah. But but I'm essentially saying is that his background is such that he believes in state control of, of industries and other things. So of course he's for, you know, a, a government run healthcare system. But this is what he had to say about what we now refer to as Obamacare. Oh um, shit quote-unquote independent boards of doctors and healthcare experts should make the life and death decisions of what care to provide and whatnot based on cost effectiveness criteria or he he takes exception with that so he so he's essentially saying that um that obama would have death pain um he urged americans quote-unquote quickly and suddenly change the behavior of this president for no lesser reason than that your sister might not end up in somebody's gas oven Holy um, fucking shit! This what time, year was that? Fuck. This is in 2009. Um, so around ah. this time, Larouche was carrying. Bro, with, uh, I was on the Long Island Cruise. Expressway smoking a black of miles in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and if you were driving, and if you were driving through the city, you might have seen some Laroucheites 
Uh, I guarantee you I saw Lou Ruscheitz. Well, I drove through New York City uh, every other month in 2009. <laughs> but what But what they would have was they would have uh, a picture of Obama with a Hitler mustache. Sure. Oh, I remember that. You know picture. what's funny? If you drive through New York every other month, just every other month, which is a big split up of time, right? But if you drive through New York every other month, you don't notice that after a day or two. Yeah, yeah, it, it just sort of bleeds away. It just away. bleeds away. <laughs> uh, on February 12th, 2019, um, it was uh, Lyndon LaRouche had died. Um, his death was announced um, on, by his um, by a website banned by his organization um, after he had died. Um, <laughs> the ultimate uh, fuck. Well, you. technically, he, he, any announcement of his death is after he had died, right? I mean... No, but I mean, like, not until, like, well after he died. Okay, okay. So they didn't announce like, it. Like, it, it was, it was like, Soviet-style. Like, like Ooh. people weren't told, like, like well, ju- news, breaking news today, like, Lyndon LaRouche has died. It was Lyndon like... La- no, 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 it was like, uh, you guys haven't seen him for a while because Lyndon LaRouche is taking a lot of meetings and making a lot of very <laughs> Who killed them? <laughs> well, we, we know, we don't know anything about how or where he died. Okay, so it could have been like a ranch hand or a poodle. It could have been yeah. an airbag not deploying in his 1996 Toyota Tercel. <laughs> exactly. He might have been. He might have been forcibly ejected from his VR6 97 Passat. <laughs> it could have been anything at this point. In fact, we could have a whole episode that's an hour long of just us inventive, creative ways that Liam <laughs> that he fucking oh, yes. died. He was his. His death was announced the day after he died. Okay, that, that's pretty. Okay. That's pretty on normal their, on their website. That's pretty normal. Right. That's pretty normal. I just heard the X Files theme. I start. I posted a picture in the Discord of one of their their setups. Um, yeah, I've seen those pictures of Obama from, before. This is from, this is from 2013, and this is the, that was in Manhattan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. I didn't realize that was his people. Okay. Uh, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Obama with a Hitler mustache. Boy, talk about missing the forest for the trees, you know? I remember the Obama with a Hitler mustache thing, but, uh, yeah. So that's Lyndon LaRouche. Yep. Yep. We don't know if he died painfully like he deserved, or, or if he his, died peacefully his, his, at home. His, 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 his wife, um, Helga, killed him. Um, I, I forget if I mentioned or not that, that Helga... Um, she had said when she founded the the Schiller Institute um, that sh- that Germany needed to free itself of birth of both the Versailles Treaty and the Yalta Conference Jeez. and the and the Yalta Treaty. Jesus! Wow. Okay. So she was she was most definitely uh, Nazi adjacent. Adjacent. Oh, okay. All right. That's, well, I guess that's she, a polite she wasn't out and out. I don't think because they have like actual like Nazi successor parties in in Germany. I don't think that she was like in those parties, but I think that she like would run in the same circles as those parties, if you know what I mean. Like like yeah. there are a- there are actual like legit like Nazis in in Germany and Austria. Like they belong to a political party that is the successor to the Nazi party, but they can't say they're the successors yeah, to the yeah, Nazi party. Yeah, yeah. But they are. They're just hyper gotcha. hyper nationalists, right? At this point. What what well, well, no, it's, it's not just that they're hyper-nationalists. It's like they, they literally consider themselves to be the successors to the Nazis. Like, Who were? They're nationalists in that sense. Like, like we're the, they're, they're the new breed. We're not the Nazis, we're the Yahtzees! Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. 
<laughs> Look at that. I got five sixes. That's Yahtzee. I'm just saying, like, the Nazis just roll the dice. <laughs> Uh, make another Yahtzee joke here. Just roll the dice and you'll fucking come up with someone who's a Nazi. I mean... You'll come up with a Yahtzee? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? But, like, the N- like the MPD in Germany is is considered to be, like, the the successors to the Nazis and the fact that their party flag is the imperial like flag of Germany. Yeah. I thought that Germans were more, like sensitive to that that if you started oh. acting like a nazi they would like even like the general public would beat the shit out of you for doing that because they are taught in school about the atrocities of what happened no and how they no. don't want their country well, to ever have that again now remember uh we're taught in school about slavery and there are still racists in this country well no they they, they like ryan's, ryan's right there steve because they get like a real education on like the nazis as opposed to like American education. I, I appreciate what you're saying, but it still happens, even if you had well, a real education. Well, no. See, this is the difference: is is that when you're taught slavery in the United States, so like this is the thing that happened in our country. It was bad, but it's done. Let me finish. But when in Germany, when you learn about the Nazis, they're like, it's like this is what we did, and we have to make sure that we never do this again. Is essentially the argument. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, okay. like in the United States, they're like, well, this thing, this thing happened, and well, it's not happening anymore, people. So it, it's we're good. No, 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 no. no. We're it's good. not even that. It's not even that blase. I specifically remember moving down here to the south from Massachusetts. Yeah. And in Massachusetts, it was taught as this is a horrific thing that happened. This will never happen again. And then when you move down here, it was. Oh look, the nice plantation owner gives houses to his slaves and he feeds them and he so does and it's like given with this air of oh it's not terrible. Like they took care of their slaves and I remember being horrified in these classes when they were like like they would have pictures of slaves like smiling and like happily working and I'm like, This is this 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 is not what happened. Like our textbooks in Boston had pictures of slavery and it was this this was not in it. Like, they were very specific in the news. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. It, it's really hard to conceive between that, like the fact that you experienced well, that, because you know, I, I, all my education up north, and we never got anything even close to that, and there were still racists. It was well, the, a whiplash treatment when and, I came down here and got it. It was just whoa. And the thing about the MPD too is that, like, it, it, last year they only their their official membership was only like thirty six hundred. Um, they currently hold no seats in the in the Bundestag or any of the state parliaments. Um, they have no representatives in the EU parliament. Um, oh my god, two and a half hours. Listen, so... Oh, I'm going to cut like a half an hour Lyndon of me LaRouche. rambling out, but yeah, that's Lyndon LaRoche, yeah. right? He's fucking dead now, so yep. fuck him. That, the, the, dead. The He's anti, The anti-Semite, insane conspiracy theorist. That said um, that Queen Elizabeth II was trafficking drugs? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find it, but there's an SNL bit where her, it, where they actually show her like and Henry Kissinger like dealing drugs, like like they, they spoofed oh a, a commercial that was like it was like Lyndon Larouche theater. All right, well I'm gonna go look at pictures of dogs I uh, I might adopt and uh, try to get Lyndon Larouche out of my head. Yeah. yeah, it's hard right now, you know. I mean, there's you can't socialize them well, so we're trying to get it. We're trying to rescue instead of buy a puppy, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's difficult, but at least, you're uh, trying. at least I'm not Lyndon LaRoche. You know, I mean, it's uh, yeah, that's a positive. That's a feather in my bonnet. So, also low bar to clear. Well, you know, every morning <laughs> you could wake up and say that to yourself. I mean, it's very important. 
to keep perspective in case, you know, and control perception. I mean, the one thing every morning you can say to yourself is that I'm not Lyndon LaRoche. At least I'm not Lyndon LaRoche. Yeah. I'm not Lyndon LaRoche. Every job is honest, except what Lyndon... Don't pronounce his name right. Don't except what Lyndon LaRoche <laughs> did for a living, you know. Uh, uh, Lyndon LaRoche, uh, what he did for a living, you know. Piece of shit. Lyndon Caro Roche. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and we'll end with endless with a quote. Uh, good night. Good night. <laughs> Later.